participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, December 6, 2021. Hello again, everyone. Hope you're doing well on this wintry Monday afternoon here in New York City. A lot to get to today. A little bit of a delayed start. Apologies for that. So not a lot of dilly-dallying, some breaking news in the morning. We find out that uh, Tommy Fury is out of the anticipated Jake Paul grudge match on December 18th, Tampa, Florida, Showtime pay-per-view. You know the story by now, and you probably know by now, unless you've been busy this morning, that Tyron Woodley is going to be replacing uh, Mr. Tommy Fury in a rematch of a fight that happened in August. Of course, you know about their story. And so on essentially two weeks' notice, Tyron Woodley stepping in, trying to right the wrong of this past August, uh, some breaking news in terms of the lineup. Jake Paul is going to be joining us at 3.30 to talk about 
this uh, pretty massive shakeup as far as his uh, fight career is concerned. So stay tuned for that. Before I get to the rest of the lineup, I do want to let you know, as always, we are brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the Ultimate Fighting Championship and the MMA Hour. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use the code Hour for a special offer when you sign up. Again, that's code Hour only at DraftKings. Please support them because they support us. So 3.30 will be joined by Jake Paul. Back into the show, uh, we're going to be joined by... New York Rick, check in with him. Rick's picks, a lot has happened in the past week in the world of combat sports. And so Mr. Monday Afternoon will join us. We'll also be joined by GC. We'll find out how he did this past weekend uh, in terms of Bellator and the UFC. What a great Bellator main event it was. What a great finish it was. Sergio Pettis coming out of nowhere, down three rounds to none with the spinning back fist against Kyoji Horiguchi. Just tremendous stuff there from the younger Pettis brother, and now I think he can rightfully call himself the Bellator Bantamweight champion. Uh, we'll talk about him in a second. So that'll be the back end of the show. Jake Paul at 3.30. 3 o'clock will be joined by John Cavanaugh, of course, the head man over at SBG Ireland, longtime head coach for Conor McGregor and so many others. Uh, he has a, a very worthy cause that he wants to talk about, so stay tuned for that. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to have him on. I'm excited to talk to him about this very worthy cause. That will be at... Uh, 3 o'clock at 2.30, we'll talk to fellow Canadian Felicia Spencer, who announced out of the blue on Thursday afternoon that she is going to retire from MMA, that she is uh, calling it a career coming off of a win. She just defeated Leah Letson, and uh, she she is saying no mas. And so this uh, was a big surprise to a lot of people who consider her the second best featherweight in the UFC's women's divisions. Uh, of course, she went toe-to-toe with Amanda Nunes a year and a half ago. Uh, Felicia Spencer is no longer going to be fighting, so we'll talk to her about that at 2.30. At 2 o'clock, we're, uh, we're going to be joined by Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley returns to action UFC 269 uh, this Saturday, one of the highly anticipated fights on that card. He's fighting on the main card. A lot of people are upset that he's on the main card and that Pedro Munoz and Dominic Cruz are on the prelims. doesn't really matter. They all get paid the same, but it's always good to check in with uh, Sean O'Malley. We'll talk to him at 2 o'clock. At 135, we'll talk to Chris Curtis, who had that amazing win against Brendan Allen on, uh, on Saturday. Tremendous stuff there from Chris Curtis, who has become one of the best stories of the year. What a feel-good story. We had him on after his win at Madison Square Garden. The win over Phil Haas. Now here he is, 2-0 in the UFC. Not that long ago, the guy was done. Retired multiple times. Uh, so very impressive stuff from Chris Curtis and a very likable guy as well. At around 120, we'll be joined by uh, Sergio Pettis, the aforementioned Sergio Pettis, who, of course, had the big win uh, this past Friday against Kyoji Horiguchi at the Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut. And they also announced the... Uh, the the, 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 the the big news that they are going to do another Grand Prix Bellator is, and this time it's going to be the 135-pound division. This had been rumored for quite some time. So what a way for Bellator to not only end the year, but also sort of ignite that tournament. Now, this fight wasn't a part of the tournament, but maybe you put them on the opposite sides of the bracket and you have them face off in the finals. That's Sergio Pettis and Kyoji Haraguchi. But one of the best stories of the weekend had to have been on Saturday when the OG himself, Clay the Carpenter Greta, going up against Leonardo Santos in a fight in which it seemed as though he had lost the first round, seemed like he was on the verge 
of being finished in the first round, comes back in the second, and not only wins the fight, but submits the BJJ black belt, the multiple-time BJJ world champion. He was a plus 1,600 to submit him. He pulls it off, and so it's a huge honor to have Clay Guida on the program. Let's not waste any more time and bring in Mr. Clay Guida to say hello. Hello, Clay. How are you? Sorry we're a little late to you. We're having some technical difficulties here. You know how it is. It's all good, Ariel. Thank you guys so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And uh, hope you don't mind the stage that I'm sitting on over here before I head off to the airport, man. You, Vegas. Where are you? What is this? Uh, I'm at the, the downtown Grand Hotel on Fremont Street. And we're in just a little uh, <laughs> breakfast bar called, yeah, the Freedom Beat. So yeah, I have a little crowd of people that are eating, <laughs> eating <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> I crowd. love it. Hope you guys we don't mind it at all. I love it. How do you, I mean, Clay, you have seen it all. You have done it all. You have fought them all. And I know it's fresh and I know it's just less than 48 hours removed from what you did on Saturday. Is it even possible to rank where that one, where that win stands for you in terms of your memorable moments inside the UFC, considering the opponent, considering how the first round went, I would imagine that's pretty damn high, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I got to say, 15 years later, uh, since our UFC debut in 2006, submitting Justin James and getting the uh, submission of the night for 20000 and then getting the tap out uh, glass trophy that they used to uh, give out to 15 years later, submitting a multiple-time world champion jiu-jitsu. Yeah, black belt. My rear-naked choke was even more special. I know, you know it wasn't his best performance. Obviously, it definitely wasn't mine, but he was definitely one of the most skilled or had the most accolades as far as any jiu-jitsu player that I fought. And he had a really, really good record, too. So uh, it, it's up there. How did you feel at the end of the first round? Were you seriously hurt? He kicked me right in the gut. It was pinpoint. And uh, so I, I don't really watch my fights right away afterwards, but my, one of my buddies showed me a highlight and it kind of looked, people thought I got, you know, kicked in the midsection. And when I brought my hands down, it looked like I was kind of um, holding it, but he got me right in the stomach or belly button. And it was, it was brutal. I was almost like paralyzing it for 20 or 30 seconds. And I had uh, flashbacks of the, the old Diego Sanchez fight. And I was like, nah, not again. You know, like this is not happening now. My mouth guard came out. And then my silly hair ties started coming out, and he was kneeing me in the head, then the shoulders punching me. And we just, I had to stay calm in there and just realize if we can get through it against Diego Sanchez, uh, we can get through it against him and just grab onto anything. And we, yeah, we weathered the storm and yeah, got, uh, got back in there and pressed the pace. Yeah, press the pace. Of course, you prepare for everything you want, anything to happen, you want to win at all costs. But I would imagine, like, if you could be honest, I'm assuming you weren't expecting a submission. I mean, like I said, plus 1,600, that probably wasn't at the top of the list of possible finishing scenarios, right? Correct. Yeah, not at all. Um, I was expecting him to go for a choke. Once he had me you know, hurt there, I was expecting the, the hands to come in for either a front choke or a guillotine because you know, people have seen some of our losses in the cage, unfortunately, then two guillotines. And um, yeah. Uh, not to say I wouldn't expect a submission against a, a jiu-jitsu master like him, but uh, maybe not in the second round. So 
Um, yeah, he had me, um, he kicked me really right in the gut, and I expected that in the second round, too, once he switched stances again. So we were just kind of very aware of it, and then we, yeah, we just uh, stayed on the gas pedal. And what's amazing about this is, uh, this is literally days before your 40th birthday. Honestly, when you made your debut in the UFC, those 15 or so years ago, like... W- did you really think you would last this long? Was this a part of the plan? Were you one of those guys who said, I'm going to make it to my 40s, I'm going to be thriving? Not just fighting, period, fighting in the UFC, and not just one of those guys who like, oh, they're keeping around. You're winning. You're winning in impressive fashion. Are you surprising yourself at this age? Um, I would I, I would say I'm surprising myself at this age, and I've never been one of those to, to kind of make plans or put an age limit um, or a sight limit or whatever on uh, my career because I feel like sometimes when people put maybe a number on it, you know, maybe they don't uh, maybe they don't exceed that number or whatever, they don't you know, get to it. So as long as I'm having fun, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. See, is you know, you know, glad about our performances. It was definitely an ugly one, but. Uh, I'm just enjoying it. I'm, but yeah, I'll be 40 in a couple of days, and I feel like I'm going on 20. I literally feel like a 21-year-old wrecking machine. I tell my uh, my coaches, they see it. And, um, yeah, the, the best is yet to come. I'm in way better shape now physically than when I was 25. If you look at some of the photos, um, when I got in the UFC, still learning, like uh, you know, strength and conditioning things from different coaches, and now we have that, you know, live performance in Sacramento. We have amazing coaching staff, as you guys know, with, you know, obviously the general, Uriah Faber, Joey uh, Rodriguez in uh, you know, boxing, uh, Danny Castillo, one of our head coaches, wrestling coach, uh, Chris Holdsworth, Mike Malat. I mean, the list goes on and on, not to mention all the amazing teammates every day. So, yeah, I w- I'm not surprised because we're wrestlers and we're built to last. What do you think has been the secret to your longevity? Was it getting in better shape? Was it eating better? I mean, not a lot of guys last this long in the UFC. What's been the the secret to your success to sticking around this long? Uh, yeah, just every uh, camp, enjoying the process of training with great, uh, yeah, great trainers, great people, awesome team. You, know, you guys know I do a lot of fishing, so that's been kind of like yeah, therapeutic. It's my getaway. After training hard all week, being in Sacramento, there's amazing bass fishing, you know, just up the road. Uh, we do surgeon fishing. We go out there. My fishing bats are just good. We take clients out all over. So I feel like, yeah, it's kind of like, that's my reward. That's my getaway. And uh, <laughs> excuse me, we recover better now than we used to. We make sure we take care of our body. Back in, when I first started in the UFC, I didn't have the financials to do the uh, the cryo-freeze therapy, the massages, the chiropractic, and all those things that as you become a uh, more well-rounded professional, you know, those things become more available to you. So it's just being smart. And I run every day. I wrestle all the time. And our coaches keep a very, very good eye on us. And they know how we're trained. They don't let us go too crazy. And, uh, yeah, we just stay in the gas pedal. Uh, would it be fair to say in a perfect world, the guy you want, if it was up to you, would be Nathan Diaz? Funny you bring that up. And that's very, very fair to say. Um, I doubt Nate's going to get this. He's probably going to laugh at it if he does. But uh, absolutely. Um, I, everyone knows that was a very, very close fight the first time we fought. Uh, could have went either way. It was a split decision. We wrestled. We boxed. Uh, I did Neil Full Nelson. I spiked him. He kicked me, punched me. It was an awesome fight. It was 10 or 11 years ago. And uh, the Diaz brothers are some of the most exciting fighters to watch. They always have been. And 
I feel like we're kind of at that point. Three match, super match. You know, I'll go up to one seventy and fight him. I know he's, you know, one, you know, six foot, six one, he's big or bigger than Ian Santos, but I'll stand in there and box with him. We'll, we'll trade. Maybe I'll wrestle. Maybe I won't. Maybe we'll box. But do some really the best things. Squid Nate Diaz, who's got long range and um, volume. We'll kick his legs out. We'll do. Uh, we'll put on a great fight. So. Oh, Nate, hope you get this, buddy. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a second chance if you want it. Oh, that would be something. Uh, and I feel like he would actually be a lot more interested in that than uh, than you may think. We'll see what happens with his situation. Uh, I promised you, Clay, that I'd let you go by 10.20, so I'm a man of my word. I know you have a plane to catch. I really hope that uh, you have a safe travel. A happy birthday, my friend. 40th birthday. That's incredible. It's so inspiring to see what you're doing all these years later, and uh, it's really great to have you on the show. Six, uh, I mean, your success has been amazing. It's been amazing to watch you after all these years, and uh, I'm very, very happy for you, and I know the fans are very happy. When you won on Saturday, I was flooded with messages to have you on the program. Uh, it has been too long, so I appreciate it, my friend, and uh, I wish you all the best, and hopefully we can have you on very soon. Thank you so much, Ariel. I appreciate you guys having me on to kick off the show. I really appreciate all the support, and I can't wait to get back out there. It's 2022. I want to just yeah, stay super active, and uh, hopefully we'll be on the show, guys, show again soon. And if you guys know any uh, hair, hair guys out there, all boss, I, I saw yeah, I saw a couple pictures of the fight, and uh, might might even look into uh, a little hair plug. If you want oh, to me, so. not shave it off. You want you want to keep it long, but uh, maybe get a little uh, extensions. all right well good luck with that all right much love there he is the carpenter the legend clay guida uh apologies for the uh the technical difficulties if you will but uh i believe you could still hear us during all that it was just the audio yeah all right cool um you could hear us the audio was good but you couldn't see us uh it's been one of those mornings in large part, my fault. So uh, I appreciate everyone in the back. We fight through it. I appreciate Clay jumping in. What a legend of the game and what a nation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.com slash MMA.
Com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. When that was plus 1600. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if, uh, if someone put a little coin? I can't even. <laughs> I would love to know. I didn't look at this at the time because everyone was freaking out, myself included. I can't imagine what the odds were going into the second round after the first round that he had. I mean, could you imagine that? That second round. I would imagine it was like a plus 2,000 or something like that. He was a plus 2,000. So not only was it crazy uh, for him to win like that, it was crazy for him to win, period. Nailed right in the stomach, kept on going, and uh, a rematch of a fight against one Nathan Diaz I think would be a lot more interesting to Nathan Diaz than a fight against one Hamza Shemaev, Clay Guida, what a legend. I mean, one of those last, you know, last group of fighters that has been around since before I started covering this sport. His UFC debut was UFC 64. UFC 64, October 2006. That is wild, man. Beat Justin James. Look at some of these names early on. Dean Thomas, Tyson Griffin, Marcus Aurelio, Roger Huerta, Sammy Schiavo, Mac Danzig, beat Nathan Diaz via split, Diego Sanchez, Kenny Florian, Shannon Gugarty, Rafael Dos Anjos, beat him, Takanori Gomi, Anthony Pettis, beat him. I mean, there's not a lot of these, a lot of these guys aren't even in the UFC, let alone fighting anymore. Of course, that big fight against Benson Henderson, that was massive for him. He was on that amazing run. UFC on Fox 1. That was 10 years ago. So pretty amazing stuff. Congrats to Clay. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Uh, and I'd love to have him on uh, when he's home and, you know, a little less stress for time, but he was kind enough to come on before his flight. Now, one of the other great stories from this past weekend, uh, you have definitely seen this by now. This clip has gone viral. Everyone talking about what Sergio Pettis did on Friday in Uncasville, Connecticut, the spinning back fist after being down three rounds to none. It looked as though he was en route to losing his Bellator title, his Bellator bantamweight title to Kyoji Hiraguchi. And then he pulls off one of the great finishes of the year, one of the greatest finishes you'll ever see in a title fight. He's now the reigning defending Bellator bantamweight champion. And I presume he now considers himself the rightful holder of that belt. Without further ado, let us go back to the Zoom machine and say hello to one Sergio Pettis. There he is. The king is here. Hello, Sergio. How are you? How are you feeling? Oh, man, I feel way better. My legs were beat up yesterday, but uh, today I'm back to normal. to walk around and uh, take everything in. It was a crazy, crazy Friday. Yes, it was a crazy Friday. By the way, am I, am I right in assuming that you now consider yourself the, the rightful holder of that belt? You've done enough, right? For sure, man. After getting beat up for uh, 18 minutes and to come back and finish Horiguchi like that, it was uh, I feel like I deserve that title now. You know, I deserve that 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 135 champ for Bellator. Could you tell us what? And, and you might not remember, but if you do remember, like what is going through your mind going into the fourth, even going into the third? Not a lot was going your way, and Horiguchi is one of the best fighters in the world. Are you starting to lose hope? Are, are you starting to feel like, oh, crap, I'm about to lose this. But like, what is actually going through a fighter's mind in those moments? Yeah, man. Um, third round, you know, I was like trying to put it together and nothing was going my way, man. He was he was faster than me. He was uh, smarter than me. And I was prepping for a stand-up fight and he, he surprised me a lot with those takedowns. And uh, 
just his injuries to the takedown, you know, he was very smart. That jab pushed my head back and every time the takedown was there. So yeah, I was definitely flustered and frustrated, man. You know, his movement was hard. His, um, everything was different. He had a different rhythm. So going into that fourth round, you know, I, I knew I was losing the fight. Duke, Duke told me like, I ain't going to lie to you, man. You're down three rounds. We're going to need something. We're going to need a finish for this fight. So I just went out there and like, man, I, I got to finish this dude. I got to, I got to pressure him. You know, I got to stop being afraid of getting hit by him because I've watched his highlight video. So I was like, you know, I was a little nervous on the entries, you know, he's been dropping a lot of people and I, I didn't want to make his highlight reel, but, um, man, yeah, the fourth round, I just went out there and I just, I pushed it and I, I went outside of my box, you know, I'm more of a safe fighter. And, um, I just, I went out there and did, did different than what I'm used to. Did you, I mean, quite literally tell yourself, like, I need to let this go. I, I just need to stop worrying about him hitting me about getting knocked out, being on a highlight reel F it. It's now or never. hundred percent. It was, it was like, it's now or never. And yeah, man, I was, it was hard. You know, I was selling Duke in the, uh, the fourth or going into the fourth round. Like, man, I'm frustrated. Like this guy's, he's ahead of me in every, every way possible. He was, he was dominating me, man. Honestly, like he was, he was doing a great job at, uh, shutting me down and not letting me get anything off. So yeah, I, I knew I needed something big and I, I do that move a lot, man. I, I do a, a head kick and I always exit with a spin back fist, you know, just, uh, just in case the head kick misses and it's man, it worked. Who it worked. It's crazy. Who taught you that? Honestly, I just feel like it's something I do at the gym, you know, uh, you know, I, I throw my right leg a lot and people pull away from it and I just follow through with a spin back fist and it's been landing a lot at the gym. So to, see it happen in a, a title fight, especially a, a comeback fight like that. It was a blessing, man. Oh my God. I mean, it's one of the great finishes. I don't know if you saw a clip, um, this guy on Twitter, his name is Caposa. He's a legend. He posted the clip of Yoel Romero against Feijal, maybe, I don't know, 10, 11 years ago, the fight ended the exact same way. Have you seen that clip? It's pretty crazy. Yeah, at the I time, I was that. like, shit, yeah, I, I don't know clip. if you've ever seen that before. You, you saw it now or you saw it back in the day? I saw it back in the days. Wow. I, I watched a lot of Yoel's fights. So yeah, I saw that one crazy so in that case you're actually you're 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 going for the head kick but in your mind you're like if this misses i'm going to be ready like it's it's almost like a two-part sequence in your mind yeah 100 percent um it was just a, a little backup move just in case the head kick does miss which it did he did a good job at reacting to that that head kick i was surprised like watching the video he was so aware of everything you know um but uh yeah i, I feel like he started to slow down a bit, you know, in the fourth round, I could hear him breathing a little bit heavier. His movement wasn't as fluent as before. And, um, you know, he just, it was something out of the box, man. Something he wasn't ready for. What, if anything surprised you about going up? Like what, what made him so tricky in those first three rounds? Um, just his movement, man. He moved so different. You know, it was, uh, that in and out game, you know, he, he didn't give me much chance to react to things. Like he, he was just in control of the whole, the whole scenario, hitting me, di dipping out, making me, uh, kind of like just, you know, making me react to stuff that wasn't even there. You know, I, I was just, I was swinging that air. I was, I was frustrated. I, I was, yeah, man, he, he was ahead of me a lot. Like it was crazy. It showed me a lot that I need to work on. Uh, so you do pull off the spinning back fist, you connect, you knock him out. And to me, I know most fans probably don't care about this sort of thing, but as impressive as the finish is the fact that you didn't throw that extra punch on the ground. And I don't think a lot of people would blame you because of momentum, because of everything going on. How do you stop yourself literally like with an inch of throwing that punch? You probably were frustrated. We see you take off the mouthpiece. You throw it. You probably wanted to throw that punch. How do you stop yourself oh, in that moment sure. from doing it? 
honestly, like when I hit him with it, I thought it was fake. Like it felt like a dream. Like he, he fell out and I ran up and I, I, I had that thought in my head, like hit this motherfucker. He just beat your ass for, for three <laughs> rounds straight. And once I saw, you know, the damage that the spinning back fist done, um, I, I, I just like that switch turned off right away. You know, like I don't, I'm not there to destroy people's lives. You know, I, I'm a martial artist at the end of the day and I got the job done. I don't need to add that extra, that extra shot for no reason. Could you even describe what's going on in your mind? Like when you realize that the fight is over, like when you're throwing that mouthpiece and you're on top of the cage and you're yelling, like, what is that feeling like? And have you ever experienced that in any of your fights? Never experienced any of that in any of my fights. It was like a blackout moment where I was just so overwhelmed with joy. And uh, yeah, man, it was, it was a weight lifted off my shoulders, you know, that, that like, like 18 minutes of getting my ass beat and to get that, that outcome, man, it was just like, wow, I, I did it. Like, I, I felt like it was my time, man. Like it was supposed to happen for a reason. You know, I was looking at the camera, like it's my time. Mm-hmm. If, if, it feels like, it feels like it was my time, man. And I still feel like it's my time. You know, that, that fight taught me so much from everything I need to work on. You know, it was cool to have that outcome and amazing, like the best moment of my career, but it, it just showed me and it showed everybody else guidelines on how to beat me. So it's like, I got to adjust and make sure I'm ready for that. It is an amazing thing, right? Because it's almost like, uh, I mean, in no other sport can you have something like this where you're essentially getting outplayed for the majority of the fight, but you win at the buzzer. Usually if you're getting outplayed, you're going to lose by 20 points at the end. But this sport is so crazy that in a in an instant, you can turn things around. So the mix of emotions when you know all the adrenaline subsides, I would imagine was crazy because you did get, you know, you, you were beat up for 15, 17 minutes, yeah. but then you freaking pulled off one of the greatest finishes of the year. So how do you balance those man. two emotions? Man, I don't even know. I just <laughs> kind of just went through it. You know, I was just, it was crazy, man. You know, that's why MMA is crazy. You know, I've been on the opposite end before where I've, I was beating people like really bad and I've, I've ended up getting finished. Like Alex Caceres and I was beating him up for two and a half rounds. The last 30 seconds, he gets me with a rear naked. Or even Ryan Benoit on um, the whole first round at 125, I was destroying him. And then he catches me with a left hook. So, yeah, man, it's just uh, it feels good to be not on that that end anymore, and uh, to you know be on the, the giving end, not the receiving end. Was it at all strange? They didn't show him a lot, but it was very clear that he was not in a good spot. And I think uh, some tweets started to come out that a stretcher had to be brought in. You're obviously happy, but I'm assuming that you can see that he's you know he's really hurt. Is it hard at that point once you calm down a little bit to fully celebrate when you see your opponent, you know, being stretched out? Yeah, man. You know, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's a job and it's martial arts and that's uh, obviously it's not something I want to do, but it, like I said, it's either him or me. And um, yeah, it was hard, man. You know, I, I'm not here to end people like that. And it, it is what it is though. At the end of the day, you know, I had to do what I had to do, but yeah, man, it was definitely tough. And I even, I got down on one knee and said a little prayer, you know, our father and look over Horiguchi because that's a, that's crazy. It's a crazy finish, man. He was, he was out for a while. I'm assuming you didn't see him afterwards, right? He went straight to the hospital. Yeah, he went straight to the hospital. I reached out on Instagram. I don't know if he saw it, but you know, I'm just wishing him a speedy recovery and uh, hope all is good. That is very classy of you. I, I spoke to his coach, Mike Brown. He said he's uh, back home in Florida and that he's doing okay. So awesome. That awesome. is uh, awesome. that is great to hear. Um, it feels to me like the win over Archuleta was big. If we ever look back on your career in 15 years, this is the moment where you're no longer Anthony's younger brother. This is the moment that I think will be the kind of crossroads of your career where you are officially out of his shadows. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm coming into this fight. I told Duke too. I'm like, I feel like this fight's going to be my, my breakthrough fight. You know, my, my big, my big break, you know, like 
all the hard work, everything I put into these last 10 years, it's going to, it's going to come out, uh, this Friday. And, um, you know, after, after three rounds of getting beat up, I'm like, maybe that, maybe that thought wasn't real, but, uh, yeah, once I landed that, I was like, wow, man, this, this is definitely the fight that breaks me out of my brother's shadow and people can actually see who I am and what I'm capable of doing. When did you know about the Grand Prix that they were going to announce it on Friday? Did they tell you beforehand? Yeah, they, they did tell me a, a couple of days beforehand, but uh, I was supposed to say anything, so I just laid low right. and, you know, yeah, you but uh, yeah, I did know a couple of days. You held out yeah, on I'm us. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about it? I feel um, excited, man. You know, uh, for my career, I've never had a Grand Prix uh, option or to be able to fight for a million dollars at the end of it all would be amazing. But also just to know that if I win these fights, I have three to four set fights within a short amount of time, which is awesome. Cause you know, um, I'm only getting older. So I want to make sure I'm active before I get to that point of, you know, taking breaks and, um, taking long breathers. So yeah, I'm blessed, man. It's a great opportunity. Um, some tough opponents and you know, I got a couple of teammate in there that I got to watch out for as well. So it's a, it's an interesting, interesting move for my career. If they asked you, who do you want to fight in the first round? Who are you picking? Whoever they, you know, whoever they Come put up on. against. Yeah. I you know, I'm preference? sorry, I'm sorry. You're the top seed. Top seed, man. Whoever they give me, you know, I, I, I got to go against all of them regardless. You know, I've, I've learned in MMA that a lot of people I came across the journey that I ended up fighting them or um, seeing them, you know, fighting for big level fights and have a possibility of fighting them as well. So Whoever they put in front of me, man, I'll never say no to a fight. So, you know, whoever they want me to fight, I'll, I'm going to go out there and do my job, try to defend what I, what I earned. How awkward would it be in the, in the gym if you have to fight Rayfron Stotts? Well, he moved to Houston now. He's, oh, back, okay. he's back at home in Houston. So I, I don't think it'd be too awkward. Um, definitely awkward, you know, to fight a, a teammate and a, a brother. You know, he's someone I've trained with for six years. I've gotten to know the guy really well. And He's a great dude all around, man. He's, he's very supportive towards me and he's taught me some things and I've taught him some things. So definitely a, a, a different part of me that I'm going to have to explore. Uh, did he move to Houston because of this? Um, well, he moved to Houston because he had a second kid and he wanted okay. to be closer to family and stuff. So, But uh, I guess it was kind of perfect timing for right. everything that's going on. So I don't know. I don't know exactly. <laughs> what a character though. I don't know if you said you were getting ready, but he did... Uh... He did the interview on the desk before your fight. And he's talking about the taco meat and all this stuff. That guy is a freaking character. Holy smokes. Yeah, man. He's got some uh, charisma. He's a, he's a cool dude. Um, I think the perfect scenario is putting you and Horiguchi on the opposite sides of the bracket. And then maybe you guys fight in the finals. What do you think of that? I think so. I think so too, man. Honestly, he deserves a rematch. You know, it was a, a crazy move to get hit with. But after dominating me for four rounds, like we, he definitely deserves a rematch. Yeah. Um, and when, when do you think you'll start the tournament? When would you like to return? Honestly, whenever they tell me, um, I have plans of going back to the gym this week to hit some bags and yeah. just, uh, keep my, keep sharpening up my tools. I already hit, hit some weights this morning. So I'm all in, man. You know, my body's, my body's good. Uh, just the shins a little sore. Other than that, uh, I'm ready to go back. So no serious injuries after all of that. No serious injuries, man. I, I'm not too beat up either. Um, yeah. no cuts. Um, just, just the, the leg kick, he was kicking me hard, man. My my legs definitely feeling it. But uh compared to yesterday to today, I'm 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 ready. Have you noticed a massive change in your popularity? More people hitting, you know, like I I noticed the clip less than twelve hours later had over a million views on Twitter, crazy views on Instagram. Have you noticed a change since pulling this off? Um, not not really. Um definitely noticed a change from like uh bigger fighters hitting me up and you know, 
you know, congratulating me and stuff. So that's awesome to see uh, Nate Diaz reached out, Tony Ferguson reached out, you know, people that I, I look so, up to. And yeah, so it's, uh, it's awesome, you know, man. I've been here for a while and um, to get this love and to finally get something that I've been praying for for years, it's, uh, it's a blessing. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, really happy for you. By the way, last question. Uh, your brother, Anthony, posted a screen grab of like a betting thing, but there were some people who say he didn't actually pull the trigger on the bet. Did he pull the, did he make the money or was he just saying if I would have put this much, I would have won this much? <laughs> Honestly, I haven't hit him up about that okay. yet. I don't know. I, I got to hit him up. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully he made that money. Hopefully it was a good night for both of us. Oh my gosh, Jesus. Uh, an incredible night if he actually pulled the trigger on that. Regardless, <laughs> so happy for you, man. Well done. Uh, congratulations. You are the rightful owner of that belt. Uh, happy holidays. Get well soon. And I can't wait to see what you do next in that tournament. It's uh, it's really been great to watch you evolve into the fighter and the human being that you are today. Hey, thank you, Harry. I appreciate that, man. Thank you for having me on and happy holidays to you as well. Thank you so much. There he is, Sergio Pettis, the reigning, defending Bellator Bantamweight champion. What a fight. And you know what's so interesting about that clip? which I'm assuming you've seen by now, it's everywhere. You can hear the crowd booing. The fight was getting a little slow. It was getting a little methodical. It was getting a little repetitive. Horiguchi was just doing his thing. Horiguchi is so good. Uh, and your heart breaks for him. I was talking briefly with uh, Mike Brown, his head coach, and what, what a situation for Mike Brown. He loves Horiguchi, one of his favorite fighters. Now sees him gets knocked out and has to switch gears and focus on a massive weekend, UFC 269 this weekend with two of his, uh, you know, ATT brothers and sisters, Dustin Poirier, who he works very closely with, Amanda Nunes, fighting on the card in massive fights, main event and co-main event. That's the nature of this crazy business. Incredible. But he said that, uh, you know, he's back home, feeling okay but that this one really stung. This one really hurt. Really feel for him. I mean, Haraguchi, one of the good guys, and uh, to lose like that, but also really, really happy for Sergio Pettis, who for the longest time, it feels like, was in the shadows of his older brother, famous brother, former champion brother, multiple organization champion brother, Anthony Pettis, the great Anthony Pettis. And by the way, so cool to just see how happy Anthony was for his brother. That betting slip tweet was great. I hope he made that money. So like I said last week, I feel like Bellator has some momentum. I think one big key for them would be a few less shows, stacked cards, more interesting prelims. You know, I thought the prelims on... on uh, on Friday, in terms of names, of course, you can't, you know, you can't predict how the fights are going to go. But in terms of names, like you have Kyle Crutchmer starting off the card, big time prospect, protege of DC, like that's that's good. Wasn't always that way. So I feel like with that result, the announcement of the Grand Prix, Corey Anderson and Vadim Nemkov doing their thing, the Bellator card, AJ McKee, like really since the AJ McKee win. I feel like some momentum, and that was back in July, so momentum has been growing for them. We'll see if they can capitalize on that. I don't think they've announced an actual date for any of their shows just yet in uh, 2022, but they've got some big fights on the horizon. AJ McKee versus Pitbull, um, Nemkov versus Corey Anderson. This tournament, 
Austin Vanderford versus Gegard Mousasi. Again, as I've said time and again, what they needed to get to was the spot where their champions are in the conversation with the UFC champions. AJ Volkanovsky, Nemkov, Glover, Musasi, Izzy. Like, you need to be able to debate these things. That's how the level of interest grows, and I think they finally got to that point. So, good on them. All right, uh, so that's Friday. We start with Saturday, Clay Guida. We go to Friday, Sergio Pettis. Let's go back to Saturday now. One of the best, I mean, you talk about Pettis, great story. One of the better stories of the year, one of the best stories of the year has to be the action man, Chris Curtis, who we met on this show just a few weeks ago after his big win at Madison Square Garden against uh, Phil Hawes. He comes back again on short notice and this time gets a great finish against Brendan Allen. And now all of a sudden, the guy who had just $10 in his bank account is rolling in the dough. Everyone loves him. Everyone's hitting him up. He's the bell of the ball. How could you not be happy for this guy when he tried to retire a couple times? He had enough of the sport of MMA, and now everyone loves him. And it's finally all coming together. Let's talk to Chris Curtis now about that big win and where he goes from here. Chris, man, how do you put this, how do you even put this into words, man? I mean, this is crazy. You're one of the best stories of the year in the UFC, not in PFL, not in any other organization. 2-0, short notice. You're Mr. Short Notice. You're freaking rolling in the bonuses. How do you put this into words? I don't know, man. It's just not, it's nice not being broke right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's, about, that's it, man. But it's uh, it's I'm still trying to digest it all, man. Like the uh, the Phil Hoss fight was still a lot to process, and then uh, midway through that, we're like, hey, you want to fight again? So we're like, all right, let's go. So now with a uh, two back to back, like I'm like, what are we? It's weird, man. We're like, this is like a, a joke that got out of hand. Yeah, we're like, yeah, we'll fight Phil Haas at 85, whatever. It goes well. They're like, okay, fight Brendan Allen. It goes well. We're like, bro, the joke's not funny anymore. Like, what do we do now? <laughs> like, I loved when you were talking in the post fight interview, like, yeah, we worked on this all camp. I'm like, your camp was five minutes. What are you talking about all camp? <laughs> I mean, how long did you actually get to prepare for this fight? Uh, for this one, about, well, luckily, uh, about, almost two weeks because <laughs> when they announced it, I was, you know, still in the gym, which oh. is fine. And then uh, it was in Vegas. So we didn't have to fly. We didn't have to travel. There was no lockdown until Friday. So I got to train up until Thursday. Okay. So I don't know, maybe like 12 days or <laughs> 10, 12 days. Uh, because there seems to be some strange beef between Brendan and your bud, Sean Strickland. Did that raise the stakes a little bit in your mind? Like, did this make it more personal? Did you want to beat this man, hurt this man because of his feud with your guy, with your cornerman, with your friend, with your training partner? No, if you guys know Sean Strickland at all, Sean Strickland feuds with everyone. So if I was taking, like, if I was being taking it personal, every time someone feuded with Sean, I would never have time to do anything else with my adult life. So... <laughs> I thought it was weird, man. I'm saying, you know, uh, I mean, I mean, me and Brendan talk. Brendan's a cool, he's a cool kid, man. Like, you know, I told him, like, you just got to learn to just kind of take Sean with a grain of salt. Like, that's how we've gotten along for so long now. He says things and just look at him like, okay, Sean. Like, so, you know, for me, it wasn't any more personal than just me having another fight and uh, trying to get out there. Like, it was, I found it amusing and kind of weird, but I'm like, okay, man, you guys can beef afterwards. I kind of feel like, um, and I hope he takes this the right way. One of the best things about Sean Strickland is the fact that he's friends with you. 
so I, it's one of my crowning moments in life. Like, bro, I'm Sean's only friend, and this is why. Like, you know, it's just, How is I take uh, people, people laugh, like, oh, Sean's been humanized. Someone was, I saw you know, something, somebody said something yesterday, oh, Chris humanized Sean Strickland on the MMA hour. I mean, it's what I do, man. I go around, uh, that's my contrib- contribution to this relationship to where, like, I make him seem less terrible because he's not as bad as we all think. He's just the most crass human being you could ever meet. Everything he says, he often says the right thing, and he, but he delivers it the worst possible way, which right. is what like, rough people are wrong with. I kind of get Just it. walk around like behind him, like it's not what he meant, guys. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it's okay. You soften him up. I get it because a lot of my friends, like I, my, one of my best friends is filled with tattoos. He's got, you know, gold teeth. Uh, he's just the complete opposite of me. I have no tattoos. He's buff. And I feel like, you know, some for some weird we hear about opposites attract in relationships, but I think in friendships as well. So I, I, I get where you're coming from with this. It's a, it's a weird, uh, it's a weird balancing act with Paul, man. It's just, you know, like trying to walk up, but hey, Sean's guy who go to a group. I'll tell you guys why you all suck. And this is how you think this is what's wrong. And I'm like, what he means to say is like, you know, this is what he sees and it's uh it's just interesting, but it works, man. We get along and uh you know, he's uh definitely one of my boys and he's a great training partner, great friend for me. So we make it work. Which victory, which finish did you like more? MSG or this one on Saturday? Is it is it even possible to pick? Uh it's weird, man. Like you, it's hard to pick because MSG. I was never supposed to win anyway. And then like, oh, it's fluky. They go, oh, you're fluky, blah, blah, blah. So it kind of like bothered me. Like, oh, that win was an accident. So I go and do it again. So it's on a smaller stage, but against a tougher opponent, exact same outcomes. So it's kind of like MSG was cool for MSG in the moment, having my debut, which is probably one of the best moments I have in my life. But Saturday felt good just to shut people up because – all I've heard since then was, oh, Hollis has no chin, and it was a fluke shot, blah, blah, blah. And you've got, you know, 0.001% chance because Brendan Allen. So I'm like, okay, well, life against Brendan Allen used to shut everyone else up. Right, right, right. By the way, how long did it take for you to come down from MSG, like the high of that, to just go back to normal life? How long did it feel like it took for you? I was in the gym Monday. <laughs> I flew, we, flew, we flew home Sunday. Uh, we got home Sunday. Uh, it was a little too late to hit practice, so I was in the gym Monday morning. By the way, what I mean, is there any better feeling than to come back to the gym as a victor in your UFC debut at Madison Square Garden? I mean, I feel like you must have felt like, you know, King SHIT, right? Chest. It's great, man. It's it 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 is, it honestly is a great feeling, man, just because uh when the world gives you no like you know, the world gives you no chance to do something, you go do it. It's just cool too, because you got back to the gym and everyone like everyone who I see on a daily basis, everyone I train with is like, you know, we're not surprised. It was just, you know, it was a less congratulations and more good job. Not screwing up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So now you have this situation where you're now two and oh in the UFC. Uh, Life seems to be very good for you. Uh, You seem to be thriving in these short notice situations. However, the next one, would you like a little more, you know, Leeway, would you like a little more of a heads up? Would you like a full training camp? Or are you going to just let this fly and be that guy who steps up on short notice? I mean, um, the thing is, I'm always in full training camp. Like, if I have two weeks or eight weeks, the only thing that really changes is just, like, you know, like some small things here and there. Like, maybe if I have eight weeks, maybe I'll try lifting a little more or whatever, try lifting finally or whatever. But my day-to-day life for the last 
eight, nine, 10 years has just been doing the same things over and over. I'm someone that trains seven days a week. I train really hard every day. So my camp time-wise, I only really need eight weeks, six weeks. If you're like, hey, I need you to go down to 170 because that requires the work on my part. But as far as preparation goes, like, I mean, I'm going to be, I agreed that I wouldn't spar this week, but I'll be in the gym Monday. You know, I'm going to hit pads, uh, do a couple classes and train. Like it's, I don't take time off. I'm not a guy who gets fat. I don't go on vacation. This is just what I do. So eight weeks is just, hey, Chris, you should make 170. I'm like, okay, well, eight weeks is great. But something else comes up. What's going to change, man? Like I'm, I stay in great shape. I work really hard every day. Like I, you know, uh, opportunity, like this is like, I love these opportunities, man. Like this is what I'm here for. And the last two years, we've been like, hey, you've got to be even more ready than you already are. So I just made myself stay ready. Are you staring? Are you just like looking at your bank account now? You told us you had $10 before the MSG fight in there. Now, right? I don't want to get too personal here, but I'm assuming you have more than $10 unless you blew it all already. It must be surreal no, for you no. a month later. Here's the, here's the fun thing. It's like the coolest thing about like, you realize like you go from being really broke to not being broke all of a sudden is you stop checking your bank account every day. Uh, yeah, that's a nice <laughs> so, luxury. Um, yeah, that's, that's the, like, that's a nice field where I don't have to wake up and check and make sure like nothing, uh, nothing popped out that I wasn't expecting or like, you know, like it's just not magically gone. So I actually, I haven't even looked at it today. Like I haven't looked at it. I'm checking maybe once a week right now, just, you know, just make sure it's, uh, I'm not waking up like, oh, this is all a dream, this fever dream. <laughs> I'm actually poor. But I don't have to check every day, which is nice. You know, I don't, uh, I don't live an extravagant lifestyle at all. I'm going to drive the same car I've been driving for like the last whatever years. I don't need big stuff. I don't need expensive stuff. Just knowing that I can keep fighting and not have to worry about feeding myself or my kid or like being homeless. That's all I really need. No vacation? I feel like you deserve a vacation. Come on. I'll, I'll pop home. Uh, I'm cornering my buddy Jordan Levitt, actually, I okay. believe, and on the 18th. So after he fights, I will pop home to see my son for, thank, for Christmas. And then I'll be right back. Uh, I'm just, I'm not a big vacation guy, man. I'm, I'm just not. I've, listen, I feel you. I just feel like you deserve it as well. You deserve to, uh, to spoil yourself. Um, the opposite of that would be uh, something that uh, popped up on my timeline. Actually, someone wrote to me, was, I, I think you were tagged in it or not about your nipple. And then you wrote, Oh, what's going on? What I happened? A so I got hit by a car when I was 16. Yeah. <laughs> I got hit by a Suburban. You got hit? How? Where? Why? <laughs> I was skateboarding and I got taken out by a suburban. Damn. <laughs> Bad? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a toy. I keep playing. Kid. Almost died. Uh, yeah, it went sideways. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smoke. So, you say this laughing. Uh, it's, you laugh now, but at the time, it almost killed me. So that was like less, less uh, fun. But yeah, you know, I almost got... I was skating and I almost went under the Suburban. Oh my God. So I had to decide to like, oh, do I go under the Suburban or do I jump? Oh, try to jump over it. So I tried to like jump onto the hood, which is the right call. But uh, I just like get smashed by a Suburban and like, yeah, like completely like just jacked up the like left side of my chest. So like, yeah, it's just old and lasting injury. How fast was the car going? Uh, faster than it should have been. Yeah. God, uh, Sounds like <laughs> way it. faster than it should have been. How long were you in the hospital for? Uh, the worst part was not long. Like I kind of like didn't want to tell my mom about it. So. Well, how'd you get, how do you get away with that? 
well, what do you mean? He always finally, oh, I fell. I'm like, oh, I fell down some stuff or I hurt, whatever. So I kind of like lied about what happened. And I thought it was less serious, even though I'm like dragging myself home afterwards. And like, yeah, so I'm like, no, I'm fine. It's okay. Like, okay, just rest. And like, come to find out, like I definitely tore my entire back. Oh, at no. 16, but I kind of just like lied to everybody. Like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Because I was terrified to tell my mom why I was out, what happened. So she's probably figuring it. Oh yeah. Well, hi mom. But yeah, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, Wait, she uh, still doesn't know. I, I, don't, I don't really, I think it's just one of those things where she knows I lied. She's okay. not sure like what happened. Wow. So just an arm injury. Just did, I didn't allow it. I should have like probably had surgery at 16, but I played that off. The doctor's like, all right, he seems fine. So they just healed wonky. I may get a corrected one day. I don't know. I don't get paid to be pretty. So wait, uh, do you, I, I can't say that I've I've looked there, noticed it. Do you not have a nipple? No, dude. It's just it's just really here where it ripped, like like this part of my chest dents in, like up into like if you want to really see it, like here, like this shoulder is okay. shaped differently than this one now at the at the joining. Okay. So it just like pulls my chest over to that side. Okay. What's that shirt you're wearing? Oh, ooh, Baki the Grappler, man. Baki Hamler versus a uh, Kure, like. I don't know what that is. Is that like some anime thing? Yeah, it's, it's a fighting. It's one of the greatest fighting animes of all time. Oh, you should really no. watch it. Damn. It's, it's an old school one. I'm going to get roasted. It's just down. about people fighting. It's great. Okay. I will check that out. Um, so, oh, by the way, was this before or after you jumped out of the uh, the window when you were with the girl and the, broke your ankle? It's a bad year. Yeah. <laughs> it's really all the same year? year? Jeez Louise, man. <laughs> so this was a really bad year. Man. <laughs> which, which came first? Uh, I'm probably like the shit. You know what? I think it was the shattered ankle. Oh my god, that is a horrendous. <laughs> yeah, it just year. wasn't a great. That was a rough year for me in my life, man. Everybody's like, "Oh, sixteen years not that hard." My sixteen was rough. Yeah, <laughs> made a uh, lot of bad decisions. I love the pose that you do when you get, you know, declared the victor. W- where does that come from? It it kind of looks like Randy Orton. I don't know if you're a pro wrestling fan, but where's that from? Yeah, it's the combo of uh, Frank Zane and Randy Orton, man. It Frank is Zane, the bodybuilder had the greatest like pose ever. And then Randy Orton has a very similar pose. Cause kind of like halfway between Frank Zane and Randy Orton. How long have you been doing that for? Oh, uh, years now, man. Like, I, don't, I don't know why I started doing it, but uh, I don't know when I started doing it, but I've been doing it for like, God, at least four, probably about five years now. Why? Like what prompted you to do that? Uh, Cause you know what? It's been a long time that people are like, Oh, I can win a fight. Like you suck. It was an accident. Boo. So, like, you know what? Fine. You can say I suck, whatever. But, like, what can you say? Yeah. I, I won. Like, I have my hands, my hands are raised. You can do nothing but admire me for what I've done. You can still say I suck, but in this moment, you have to acknowledge that I won. And in this moment, I'm great. Listen, there aren't enough uh, consistent poses in MMA. There's a ton in pro wrestling. So, I actually love the fact that you do it, and I like that you stick with it. Are you a Randy Orton fan? Is that your guy? I was... So I haven't, I've been out of wrestling for a long time, but I was a Randy Orton fan. I was a huge Randy Orton fan. Uh, Sean, I always laughed. He was like, Sean's like an over-the-top villain, but I'm, an, I'm a sneak villain. And like Randy Orton's always been one of my favorites. You're like, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Like, yeah. What's he doing? The Viper. Like, oh, I don't know. I'm just out-serving me right now. So it's, uh, I've always liked Randy Orton. So. By the way, the last thing I, I, I think of when I think of Chris Curtis is a villain, sneaky or not. I mean, you're the ultimate baby face, my friend. You, I, I don't think there's a I'm bad a nice in your guy, body. but no, no. I'm, I'm so here's what I say. Sean and I have this argument all the time. He's like, "You're a scumbag." I'm like, "No, <laughs> I'm not a great guy. I'm a decent human. I, I'm an okay person. I'm okay with that. Like, I've, I've gone. I used to be terrible, and now I've like as I've grown up, matured. I consider myself to be pretty okay. Like, I try to be. Uh, 
I really try to be a nice guy, but I'm also probably the biggest dick once we get to that level. And wow. like, uh, one of my nicknames is King Petty. Really? You're petty. <laughs> oh, I am a I am a petty human being, and you would be absolutely surprised wow. at the lengths I will go once that battle starts. So I'm working on it. You know, it's it's a work in progress. Man, I'm a King Petty is one of my real nicknames. But wait, you say you used to be like a scumbag. What does that mean? Like, what does scumbag mean for you? Just a villain. I was just an asshole, man. Really? Like, I was just like, younger me was terrible, man. I was just running around fighting people, starting stuff. I beat a guy up in McDonald's parking lot for talking about my hair once. Wow. Like, I was, I was, I was a hooligan, man. Like, it was terrible. It was weird. Like, yeah, I used to have blonde hair. I was blonde Brunson before there was blonde Brunson. Uh. And, uh. So, which is why when I fought Phil Hawes, I was going to dye my hair just to come out as Phil Hawes because I've been doing it before. But uh, when I was younger, man, yeah, I beat a guy up in a McDonald's parking lot to talk about my hair. Like, I warned him. He kept talking about it. So, I just beat a dude up in a parking lot. How bad? And then, like, uh, he wasn't, like, hurt, hurt, but he would never do that again. Like, he yeah. never spoke to me ever again. But we you know, had to show. Wait, you knew yeah, him? Uh, loosely. I kind of knew who he was through association. And I was uh, once McDonald's and picked somebody up from work and he's just talking trash to me. And he's like, Oh, Cisco. I'm like, okay, cool. Very oh, no. cute. Whatever. Funny. He's making thong song jokes. I'm like, okay, man, the next time, the next joke, I'm going to come back there and slide you into the grill. And he kept talking. So I dragged him outside, literally like suplexed him across the parking lot. So this is 18 year old me, mind you. Yeah. So now at 35, I'm like, how am I not in jail? I could have killed a guy on accident. So when you're young, you're stupid, but, I've calmed down a lot. So, you know, young me used to be terrible and I still kind of feel bad about some of the things young me did. So as a current creator, this is a much more calm and mellow than I was. Um, ah, there you go. Yeah, we lost you there briefly. Uh, by the way, your eye, is it is it always going to be like that? And what happened to it? Where, which, uh, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I saw you were like talking. Oh, fuck. What, what, what? Fun story. Oh, okay. I thought Before you said... the Phil Hoss fight, the after the uh, one got canceled, they rescheduled it. I first I got one week. I got like what one week of training, and then I got cellulitis in my uh, under my eye. Wow. For those of you who don't know, cellulitis is like a staph infection that exists under your under the skin. It didn't break the skin, so my eye like puffed closed. I woke up one day and I'm like, oh, my eye is just completely swollen shut. And I have no idea like, what's going on. So I go to the doctor, figure it out. I've got cellulitis under my eyes. So I'm like, great. I'm losing a week of camp for the Phil Hall's fight because you're like, you can't do anything. So my eyes just swollen shut. I'm like doing pads, trying to hit the bag. I can't do anything else. So that cleared up. But now there's like the hard part under the skin. Uh, the doctor's like, it's just, it'll just have to reabsorb back into your body over time. So yeah, it's just, it's fine, but now it's just a hard part like that exists under there. He's like, give it a month or two, and it'll absorb back into the body. Wow. Okay. Never heard of that. Yeah, uh, that was a rough camp. I was yeah, like, I say, bro, the Phil Haas camp sucked. Uh, next fight, do you have a preference? Who you fight against? Uh, I guess I'm an 85er now. Yeah. <laughs> like I say, it's a weird uh, joke that like got out of hand, but I guess I'm an 85er now. Um. The only thing is, I don't really know who exists at 185. It's not a weight class I was eyeing. Right. There's like a ton of 70s I wanted to fight, but at 85, I'm like, I have no idea who's in this weight class. But if I had to pick somebody, um, who's the guy that Maki fought? Oh, Maki Patolo on Saturday. Yeah. Um, 
my brain is uh let me get his name it's been a tough day for me that's the guy you want honestly so oh Maki Dusko, is a really yeah good friend of well, Dusko. Yeah. Maki's a really good friend of mine, man. I love him to death. And that fight killed me because you guys don't understand how Maki is so much better than people or people are counting on him. He's so much better than that. You know, he had a lapse in judgment and it cost him the fight. And it kills me because, like, I have fought to the death with Maki and, like, just, like, barely scraping out draws in the, you know, practice room. He makes one mistake and loses that fight. So I just want to go beat Dusko, the show. And, like, bro, like, you Maki bet I look at that he's not so much as you like it's just he, he made a mistake and I just want to prove that like bro like we're better than that I know Maki's better than that and Maki and I fight to the death so for in my eyes if I can go if I go beat Dusko that means you know like hey I can kind of uh you know avenge my friend's loss because that was, it's just that one hurt so I like to get that back I love it you're a good friend uh Chris it's great to get to know you I'm petty you're a petty, you're a pet, but being, being a good friend means you can be petty on your friend's behalf as well. So uh, well done to you. Congrats on another great win. Congrats on all your success. Happy holidays. And I look forward to your 2022. This has been a great story to watch. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, man. Uh, can't wait for next year. All right. There he is. Chris Curtis, get on the bandwagon. What a story. That's the beautiful thing about this sport. Like last year, you know, the story was uh, Kevin Holland winning five fights and Brandon Moreno getting... Every year, these stories emerge in our sport. And, uh, I mean, this one's up there. This is one of the best ones. We went through the story a lot more a month or so ago after MSG. So go into the archives and watch that if you want to learn more, if you missed it. But this guy retired a couple times um, and just wasn't getting a shot in the UFC and was on Contender Series and won and still didn't get the contract back when they were actually being a little you know, choosy about who gets the contract. And then he finally gets the contract on short notice. And then that fight gets canceled. And then he finally gets the fight, um, you know, at MSG against Phil Haas. And now here he is. 2-0 in the UFC. All right, UFC 269 going down uh, this Saturday. One of the big fights on the card is the return of the Sugar Show. Sugar Sean O'Malley going up against Holian Paiva. Hopefully we're pronouncing that correctly. UFC 269, Las Vegas. It's on the main card, and this has pissed off a lot of people because the likes of Dominic Cruz and Pedro Munoz are on the prelims. And so without further ado, let us say hello to the one and only Sean O'Malley. <laughs> oh, my God. This what are you is, laughing at? <laughs> this is incredible. This is, this is amazing. Uh, hi, Sean. How are you? Doing good, Ariel. How are you? Honestly, I didn't know you were doing this, and I've always wanted to do the Sean O'Malley hair interview. And so I appreciate well, here, this gift that you've given us. I know every time we do an interview, I'm driving. I know this is better. So this is great. Yeah. Uh, it, so it actually does take a village, uh, like they say. This is three people working on your hair, Sean? You got, yep, two people working on it, and then Gina's in the back helping. So you got three people working on it. And, what, and it'll still take about four hours. Four? And, and how many hours are we in? An hour. You have to sit there for four hours to do this? Yeah. Do you get restless? Um, not too bad. It's all right. You know, it's uh, rather be playing Call of Duty, but whatever. So I'm actually doing you a favor by doing this interview during the, like, I, you know, I, I hate to bother people on flight week. This is actually a gift from the gods. Yeah, we're killing time. So thank you. Okay. Wow. Uh, could you give us some insight? Like, what are we doing here? What's happening? I'm fascinated by this. 
Um, I can't give you any insects. I'm not sure what the hell is going on. They're just <laughs> painting, brushing my hair and putting cotton balls in it. So I don't really know what's going on. I just know in about four hours, it's going to look badass. What color are we going with or colors? Oh, you'll have to wait and find out, Ariel. Oh my God. Could, I mean, I'm an inquisitive mind. I'm a journalist. Could I ask uh, the lovely ladies, like why the yes. cotton balls? I've never, I've never seen that before. Why cotton balls in the hair? Uh, it helps with uh, overlapping of color so the hair won't break. Oh, interesting. Oh, Ariel. Wow. <laughs> uh, and is this at your home, Sean? No, this is at Danny's Suite in, uh, where is this, Phoenix? No. Oh, uh, yeah, North. North, North Phoenix, yeah. Okay, and Danny being your your uh, your better half. My boo thing. Yes, there she is. So you know she's not going to mess you up. Like sometimes you go to the barber or someone and they don't really care. I mean... Exactly. Has has my hair ever been messed up? No, but you know, no. sometimes you get, you know, a lemon and they oh. uh, they really mess it up. So you have something yes, in mind. Do. do you come up with the idea or does Danny tell you we're going with this? Who comes up with the uh, the the inspiration? Um it's been it's been a mixture of both. This one's pretty much on Danny. She's just kind of uh she had she had a vision and she's she's executing it. But for sometimes it's just both of us or it's but this one's all her. Okay. And are we gonna braid it on fight day? Okay. Of course, yeah. I, I cannot stand when my hair is in my eyes when I'm trying to fight. Sure. It's just something you, you don't want to deal with. So, yeah, I get get the braids done, be a little gangster, and beat the, someone up. Does, Good day. Does Danny uh, braid the hair or do you have someone else who does that? No, the, the lady at the UFC um, has been braiding it the last couple of fights just because ever since we've got quarantined, Danny hasn't been coming uh, for fight week. So, um, the sweet lady at the UFC does it. Wow. That's a nice little luxury that they provide to you guys. A person just does it, it in charge. Yeah, and she's she's awesome. She's so good. Okay. I wish I remembered her name, but I, I cannot remember it off the top of my head. But she's she's the best. Okay. Uh, much respect. So, uh, Paiva, honestly, were you familiar with him when you were offered him? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. He was, you know, he was ranked number fifteen. He had just fought my buddy Kyler, and uh, so so I was familiar with him just from that last fight, and. Um, you know, they offered him. I looked him up. I didn't know he was ranked number 15 because they don't really follow the rankings too much. But, you know, he, he was ranked 15. I thought, you know, what am I going to say? No. No. It was, I thought it was a good fight. I was wondering if you were actually upset that he was ranked because I, I think you like trolling people and fighting the unranked guys on pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a funny thing. Like, I, I really don't care if they're ranked or not. You know, I've called out ranked guys not because they're ranked but because they're you know, Dominic Cruz or Pedro Munoz or, you know, I've called out ranked guys, but not because they're ranked, just, you know, just it, it, the rankings don't matter much to me. Sure. Uh, you don't get paid any different if you're ranked 15 or 14 or 12 or 16. So it really doesn't matter. By the you way, I, I love that you're, you're leaning all the way into this unranked thing. Now you're selling the merch. Yeah. Unranked champ. I, I just feel like that made sense. You know, each merch drop has a little different theme. Um, unranked champ just seems to make sense going into this fight. Considering I'm, I'm on the main card, you know, I, I've got Paiva all moved all the way up to the main card as well. And we got two guys in the top 10, you know, fighting on my prelims. So it's, you know, it makes sense. Do you feel like, I mean, when you saw that, the way the card kind of shook out and that you're on the main card and that Cruz and Munoz were on the prelims, do you laugh? How do you, what is your reaction to that? I I do I get a little giggle out of it just because I remember Dominic Cruz saying something, trying to teach young fighters how to promote the, something like that, how to how to do something, and he's just, you know, it's Dominic Cruz. The dude's a legend. You know, I can't. I want to say you're disrespecting, but 
he's on the prelim. I mean, the, the USC stacks the card in a specific way for a reason. It's, you know what I mean? It's like, if they thought Dominic Cruz and Pedro Munoz could sell more pay-per-views than me, they would put them on the main card. So I think it's just, you know, USC is a business and they understand what they're doing. So, you know, they're there because they're there. Mm. Uh, yes, I think this week will be fun because I'm sure they're going to be asked about it a lot and they're going to have to, uh, you know. I think I'm going to be on the press conference too. I'm not sure how the press conference is going to play out, but I was looking at my fight week schedule and uh, I, I did see, you know, the press conference was on my schedule. So I don't know if it's going to be like a big press conference like they've done before okay. or or how that's going to, going to play out. But yeah, I'm very curious to who's going to be at that. When we found out that Aljamain Sterling was out of the title fight, you threw your name in the hat, and uh, th- that caused a, that caused a, you know a stir. People were wondering if they would actually call upon you. Other people didn't believe that you were serious about your your desire to to fight in this uh, title fight. Could you tell us were you serious? Oh, oh, hundred percent. You know, it, it, I would hate to take a short notice fight. You know, I'd prefer not to. Um, but I looked at that fight as a win-win. Um, I'm, I'm always in, in somewhat decent shape. You know, you're not always in fight shape, but it was four or five weeks out. So I had time to get into pretty good shape. And, uh, you know, I was going to go out there and, and give it my all for as long as I could. And, you know, I thought losing to Peter Yan wouldn't be that big of a loss. I think it would make for even a better rematch after I would earn that back. But, uh, yeah, I was 100% serious. And I know Corey was the front man who I believe deserved the shot over me um but i didn't know if in that moment he was healthy and able to i know rob had um or rob Font had covid um tj was out you know there was just i, I would 100 percent have taken that fight if they offered me it was there ever any talk like did it get to the point where they were really checking not people? really okay not not i don't think so i don't think it was ever that serious but uh yeah i was i was 100 down for that Jan getting a ton of love. Like we've had three guests on this show recently. Maybe it was two, but definitely two of people saying best boxer in the sport. Like it feels like he's now starting to get a lot of love. Were you impressed by his performance against Sanhagen? Yeah, I thought it was, I was impressed by both their performances. Corey had a really good performance too. Um, Peter's just, he's so good at adapting and uh, winning those later rounds. He, he's definitely up there for pound for pound, I think, um, skill set wise. And, um, you know, I think I'm excited for Aljo, Peter to go out there and uh, establish who, who's the champ. Who do you think wins? Um, you know, I think Aljo's going to have to go in there with a different style or a different mindset game game plan. You know, um, he kind of went out there and emptied his tank early. And I think now going to that fight, he knows he's not going to be able to take out Peter that way. He's not going to be able to go out wrestle him and just do that. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to go with Peter, but I'll just, you know, he's legit. He's the real deal. He's the, you know, I camp number one spot, whatever he's, but he's up there. He's, he's legitimate. And I don't think it's an easy fight for Peter, but, um, yeah, I think Peter will probably get the job done again or this time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I get why you said uh, again. By the way, I've I've always wanted to bleach my hair. I've never done it. Does it burn? Like, is it on fire right now? Is your scalp burning? Uh, there, Danny knows that my head's a little bit sensitive. Okay. Um, she's done it enough times to where I've complained enough to where they use a lighter something or something or other. So they uh, they're careful with my sensitive little scalp burial. Okay, there have been some times where it really hurt. Yes. Wow. Like, what does that feel like? On fire? Yeah, it feels like you're 
brain's on fire. Oh, no. uh, and it's just horrible. You just you can't do anything about it. Like if you go wash Sucks. it off, it doesn't go away. No, she washes it off. Like uh, the she dunk my head in the cold water little machine over here, and it just feels so good. Oh wow! And now, like yeah. this week, are you allowed to wash your hair? Um, this week I I, I can uh, wash it with extremely cold water. Ooh. Um, but for the most part, I uh, you know Tuesday like today I already worked out. I won't work out again, so I won't need to wash it tonight. Tomorrow afternoon, I'll, I'm just gonna get a light sweat probably just put it up and then uh i'll probably wash it a couple times before the fight but um we'll see okay you know i'm fascinated by all this stuff i appreciate you doing the interview while you're getting your hair did as uh yes the kids like to say well i appreciate you giving me an interview while i get my hair did <laughs> yeah um adrian yanez is he next yeah i was thinking i mean i i called him out and he just he he stuttered. He he didn't really know what to say. He was trying to talk shit while saying I had really cool knockouts. So I think uh, you know my first impression of when he got asked about that was, you know, he said that I want to fight ranked opponents, which was completely lie. I don't. I've never said I want to fight a ranked opponent. So I think I don't know if he, uh, you know, he kind of committed saying he would fight me. So I think that's up there. Um, depending on this finish, you know, Rob Font could he also be, you know, I thought his performance was really impressive over, uh, with against Jose Aldo. Um, we'll see, you know, it could be a, one of those two, but, uh, Yana's in, in March might make more sense. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I love the idea of you versus Yana's, by the way, what about Aldo? Same weight class. I know he's not necessarily on the radar for you next, but pretty freaking amazing to see a legend like that still doing this. Right. Yeah, every every time he goes out there and he steps in the cage, it's like you're witnessing something, uh, something different. You know, it's like uh, that's how I feel when I go in the cage. It's something not the same level, like a different. Um, he, he's a legend, and it's it's cool to watch him. You know, he went down to 35 and didn't even go up to 55, and and he's and he's performing very well at a high level, and he's still still getting the job done. So yeah, it was it was really cool to watch. Any truth to the rumor that you'll be walking out with Takashi on Saturday? <laughs> Um, I know he'll be front row with, with Steve and the boys, but, uh, I don't, I won't be walking out with him. I'll be walking out to one of his, uh, his new songs, which will be pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to performing in front of the boys. I mean, it makes sense, right? Six nine two sixty nine. I just thought. Yeah, of course. You have, I mean, it was, it was gonna, they, they wanted to come to the, to my next fight anyway, and it just happened to be UFC two sixty nine. So, uh, you know, I think it's gonna be a legendary night. You're not a fan of the walkout? I mean, Gervonta Davis just last night came out with, uh, I don't know who it was, if I'm being honest. I'm not that cool. But someone was rapping next to him on the way. Did he win? He won. Yeah, you didn't watch. No, Ariel, I'm in bed at that time. I'm not up that late. I didn't even watch Jose Aldo Rob Fun. I was too late. I woke up in the morning and put on ESPN and watched it uh, without even knowing who won. Wow. What time did you go to bed? 9.30-ish. Really? Is that a camp thing or a general lifestyle thing? Um... Ideally, it's all all the time in camp. It's very strict, very dialed in. I have the best sleep in the UFC, in my opinion. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, I, I my sleep's been a number one priority okay. to me for for a long time. Ever since I watched uh, Joe Rogan podcast with Matthew Walker, they talked about sleep. Kind of freaked me out. So, uh, sleep's the sleep's the number one thing in in camp. And um, yeah, I, I get my sleep in. 
Wait, what freaked you out? I, I have not seen that episode. What, what freaked you out about that? It's an older episode. I think three or four years ago, I watched it. Just how important sleep is for all around health, um, especially with performance. It's the number one performance enhancer, sleep. You go and have a good workout, you eat good, and you sleep like shit. Right. You know, it just doesn't, you don't get all that you could out of it. So sleep's, sleep's number one priority for me in camp. Uh, so yeah, by the way, Tank Davis did win. I don't know. Are you the, t- I know you, you, you like boxing, right? You're, you're like a fam- somewhat familiar with boxing 135 and boxing. I'm, is so I'm, fun. I'm, yeah, I love boxing. I think it's a sweet sport to compete in and it's fun for me to, uh, to do outside of, you know, you know, and, and I like boxing training. It's fun. Hit mitts, doing the whole thing, boxing, sparring, but I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a huge boxing fan to where I was like, I, I wasn't going to, I don't know. I'm excited for uh, Jake Tyrone Woodley too. I'm sure you talked about that a little bit. Not um, that much. You you into it? Because some, no? some people, you know, we we had a, a late start today. So what do you think of that? Ooh. You think Tyron wins? I I saw it this morning. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think it was real, and then I saw it <laughs> everywhere. So I was like, okay, this shit's real. Like I, I'm I'm upset a little bit because I really was I was I was invested in that fight. I wanted to see Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. I wanted to, to you know when there's so much shit talked, you got to see who wins. Um, but Tyron Woodley taking this on what seven days notice, eight days notice, a little more, two weeks because it's next weekend. Oh shit, mine's seven. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. you're right. Um, a little more, but still, I mean, that's 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 real short notice. We'll see uh, what kind of cardio he's in, conditioning, what kind of shape he's in. It's going to play a huge role in this fight. Um, it's probably eight minutes or eight rounds again. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm going to watch. I won't be there live, but I will be watching. You were at the last one. So are you and Jake boys? Like, are you friends? How would you describe? Uh... Yeah, yeah. Me and Jake are buddies. Um, I think, yeah, I was at the last two fights. Last time was tough, though. You know, Showtime made it hard for me. It was hard to get into the building. They had no security. You know, it's hard to get to my seat. Once I was at my seat, it was a shit show. You know, it was just, it was very stressful. And, uh, you know, it was hard to just sit and watch the fight. They just had no, I was just kind of, it was kind of stressful. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to just watch it from, from home this time, but, um, excited, excited to watch that fight. Yeah, Dustin said the same thing. A lot of people were coming up to you, taking pictures. He said he couldn't really enjoy the, uh, the action. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. I, yeah, it was, it was, it was very, you know, it gave me more anxiety than enjoyment of sitting there watching the fight. I would have rather been at home right. stuffing my face with some pizza, hitting yeah. my Dr. Dabber, you know, your what? My Dr. Dabber. What's that? Just a dab rig. Or really, you should get one. Send you one. What does that mean? Is that like a is it like a a smoking device? Yeah. Okay. Why don't be coy? You know, we could talk about anything here. This is no. I know. I just I just picturing you hitting that doctor. <laughs> I just get get, get well, giggle out of it. You don't think I'm cool enough to do so? No, no. I think you are for sure. Okay. I think that's exact. You know. Yeah. I think uh, Seems you definitely like you are. don't. Seems like you don't. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Uh. And speaking of uh, famous friends, I saw you hobnobbing over there with Conor McGregor. I think it was at a football game, right? Yeah, it was at the Cowboys, um, Cowboys Rams, or no, Cowboys Chargers football game. Um, yeah, that was the first time I got to meet Connor. That was really cool. Uh, it, it was, it was, uh, it was a short conversation. It was very loud in there, extremely loud in there. Um, I think he had a couple shots of proper twelve, so his accent was extremely thick. Um, no, but we had a good short little conversation. It was really cool to uh, to meet him and. Um, you know, it, it was good. Uh, there's a, there's a clip that was posted 
I think by you, maybe by him, uh, <laughs> you guys are talking and it looks like he's trying to like block out the camera. What are you guys talking about there? No, What's I just muted the, muted the audio because uh. I just knew people would get fired up about it. But really, yeah. even if I posted with the audio, you can't really hear what we're saying, but I just knew posting it muted would just get people fired sure, up. Sure. Um, I, I don't recall the exact conversation. I know he said it was my last performance. He had really liked my last performance. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was like literally short conversation. There wasn't much said and it was extremely loud in there. So, okay. Um, on your podcast recently, um, correct, correct me the name, the Timbo and sugar show, sugar, sugar. Yep. yep. Timbo sugar show. Yeah. 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 Uh, you said recently, I'm not, you know, I probably have 10 years max left. Uh, which obviously 10 years is a long time. If you're fighting twice a year minimum, that's still 20 more fights if you're if you're healthy. Right. But it sounds to me like you don't want to be one of these guys who goes to 40 because 10 years would be around 37 or so, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it, it totally depends on uh, on injuries because I think, um, you know, longevity-wise, I take care of myself and, you know, I do believe I'll be able to perform at a higher level at a higher age. Um so I think I'll take care of myself. I'll be able to fight for a while. I, I don't really put a date on it. I guess when I said 10 years, it was just kind of an estimate, just throwing that number out there, um, put it, putting it into perspective. But yeah, I don't really have a certain, you know, 36, 37. 30. It's whenever I'm, when I'm done, I'm done. Okay. Why, why do you think people get so fired up about you, Sean? Why, why do you think you're so polarizing right now? Um, I don't, I think it's my performances. I really do. I think it, like all the talk, all the hair, all the, the whatever, the face that like all the, those things aren't, aren't really, they're just add additives. I think my performances, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you just want to watch me fight. I do. I, I move different than people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's what it, what it really is, but could be wrong. It could be my beautiful smile. I, I know you guys don't, it is very nice. I know you guys don't see uh, eye to eye, but Cheeto Vera looked good in his last fight, right? Much respect. Did he? You didn't watch. <laughs> no, I did watch. I thought you were being, or I don't know if oh. you were serious or not. You didn't, you didn't think he looked good? You were? I, yeah, I thought so. Frankie Edgar, legend. Oh. Yeah, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't know if he was serious. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a pretty decent performance. I mean, I thought he, a minute left and he would have lost that fight. And I don't think we'd be saying that same thing. But, uh, he won. He got the job done, and that's all that matters. So, yeah, I guess you could consider it a good performance. Does that rematch have to happen before your careers are over? Yes. Soon? 100%. I think uh, it's going to happen 100%. Soon? You want it soon? Um, we'll see. I, I, I mean, there's a time and place for that fight, and I think it's going to be a, a, a big fight. And um, it, it's going to happen. I don't know when. I don't know if soon, sooner or later, but, but it'll happen. I saw Paiva say to uh, Sure Dog, he's finishing you in the second round. Obviously, you don't agree with that. What's your outcome? What are you envisioning? What are you predicting? That's he said he's going to finish me in the second round. Yeah. How do you say he's going to finish me in the second round? Uh, you want the exact quote? I have it right here. Yeah. Okay, here it is. Let's hear it. I'm pulling it up. Oh, whoop. Uh, this according to Sure Dog, he says, and I quote. Um, after three straight wins, I thought the UFC would give me a rank guy, again with this ranking. Um, but after all the hype over O'Malley, I think a clear win over him will take me to the rankings anyway. Uh, let me just get it here. Since I came here the first time, Cody, 
if I win, I'm going to change. Okay. Where's the, where's the quote about, wait, let me just search for the word third. Oh, I screwed this up, Sean. I mean, you're putting me on. That's okay. I'm, I'm not too worried about it. Um, I, I <laughs> obviously don't agree with that, uh, that, uh, that opinion. I think, uh, I get the job done within the 15 minutes, but I'm prepared to go for 15 minutes. You know, my last two fights have ended in the later third round. Um, so I think, you know, I'm definitely prepared. I don't think anyone's going to be, you know, be tougher than, than Chris Moutinho was. Um, I know Paiva took a lot of damage in his last fight and, and he's going to be extremely tough too. So I plan on beating him up for 15 minutes in, in, uh, the finish. If it's there, it's there. I've always been good at being patient with the finish and letting the finish come. I, I'm not a guy that forces the finish. Um, if it's there, it's there. And, and a lot of my fights, it, it ends up being there. So, you know, I, I plan on putting his lights out um before before the before the three rounds but i'm i'm going to let it play out how it plays out okay uh i i'm i'm slowly getting into the merch game myself i feel like a good one for you would be oh. like pay-per-view like cuz you're Mr. Pay-per-view like you don't fight you're not an apex fighter you're a pay-per-view mate they save you for the big pay-per-views i feel like that would really piss people off something with Mr. Pay-per-view Mr. PPV something like you know what i'm saying ooh you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I like, I like where your head, I like where your head's at. I like that. And I'm always, 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 uh, brainstorming for, for merch ideas. But yeah, I think, uh, I mean, really I've been on what UFC 222, UFC 248, 250, 252, 264, 269. I think is what, what it's been. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the pay-per-views I'm, I'm on them for a reason. So I'm, I'm building my own, my resume to where I main, main event a pay-per-view and I'm going to make, you know, that pay-per-view money, that's really the end goal. Right. Yeah. Your only non-pay-per-view was your debut. I mean, Contender Series excluded your debut on the... Co-main uh, event. Yeah, co-main event. Yeah. But the rest have been uh, the number chose. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm craving cotton candy. Don't eat it. Too much sugar. Too much sugar. Give you a tummy ache. Just, your, just like the look here is very cotton candy. I feel like we're going with a, a blue, white, like a... No, it's... That's just the what's that the the bleach or whatever. This is just the lightener. Yeah. That's just the lightener. So it's it's not a not what the color is going okay. to be itself. You know what the color is. Colors. I do know what the co- colors are. Yes. Is there an inspiration behind it? Is there like a reason for it, or is it just? What's the reason? No, the inspiration. Fun. Just fun colors. Okay. Just fun colors. You're not trying to make a statement or anything like that. I might just wear it like this, honestly. <laughs> now it looks like popcorn candy. I mean, this is sweet. This is amazing. What great insight. I mean, what other show do you get this kind of access? Uh, Sean, you don't. this has been tremendous. Thank you so much for this. I can't wait to see the finished product. Um, this week, when people ask you about your hair, please say, as first seen on the MMA Hour, okay? Nice little plug. would be appreciated. I think I can do that, Ariel. I got you. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Good luck to you on Saturday. Always appreciate the time. And uh, props to your team over there for the great work on the hair. Yes. Yes, thank you, thank you. Awesome, Ariel. Have a good one, brother. All right, always appreciate you. Thank you so much, Sean. There he is, Sugar Sean O'Malley, getting his hair did on the program. How about that? We once had, I think this was in the uh, the ESPN days, we had Tyron Woodley getting a haircut, speaking of Mr. Woodley. While he was on the show, he was in the chair. Never quite like this. Uh, so that was that was unique. I appreciate that. Something somewhat mesmerizing about watching a man with hair like that, with a look like that, uh, get his uh, his hair done up. Why do they say did? I mean, it's it's bad English. Hair did? Why, why do they say that? I don't get it. 
in any event, uh, thank you very much to Mr. Sean O'Malley. And uh, that's a great card on Saturday. Of course, we lost the Jorge Masvidal-Leon Edwards fight. Originally, we were supposed to get three title fights on this card. We were supposed to get Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno on the card as well. And then they added Leon Edwards versus Jorge Masvidal. And then they moved Moreno versus Figueredo to January 22nd. So we get the heavyweight champ and the flyweight champ on the same card. And then, of course, we lost Leon Edwards versus Jorge Masvidal, unfortunately. But still getting a great card. Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier for the lightweight title. Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena. Can't wait to see if Juliana Pena is able to back up her very, very harsh trash talk. Of course, for the women's bantamweight title. Jeff Neal versus Santiago Ponzinibbio is a super interesting one, if only because Jeff Neal was recently arrested. And the story is out there. I want to get it right. I know that a DWI was involved. Arrested Thanksgiving Day on charges of driving while intoxicated and unlawfully carrying a weapon per a Collin County, Texas Sheriff's Office document. Uh, he was taken into custody early November 25th and released after making $2,000 bond at 8.08 that night. The document stated MMA Junkie was first to report the news. And uh, the UFC issued this statement afterwards. UFC is aware of the recent situation involving Jeff Neal. The organization has been in communication with him and is in the process of gathering more details. Neal's bout at 269 on December 11th remains as scheduled. And as of right now, he is on the card. So that's going to be an interesting media day. He's going up against Santiago Ponzinibbio. Cody Garbrandt making his flyweight debut finally against Kaikara France. Holion Paiva against Sean O'Malley. That's the main card. Uh, the prelims are great. Josh Emmett against Danny Ige. Dominic Cruz against Pedro Munoz. Fascinating one. Emmett coming back from a litany of injuries. Augusto Sakai against Taitui Vasa. Jordan Wright against Bruno Silva. And then the early prelims have some recognizable names. Uh, Priscilla Cachoeira against Jillian Robertson. Randy Costa against Tony Kelly. Derek Miner. Derek Miner, I should say, against Ryan Hall. Alex Perez against Matt Schnell. Aaron Blanchfield against Miranda Maverick. And Andre Muniz against Eric Anders. Ya boy. So that's 269 on Saturday in Las Vegas, T-Mobile Arena. Have plenty more time to talk about that today. Wednesday, of course. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing Sean O'Malley. And again, the 135ers in focus. We've been talking about this. In focus this past weekend with Jose Aldo and Rob Font in focus on Friday with Kyoji Hiraguchi and Sergio Pettis in focus in the world of boxing. Devin Haney with the big win on Saturday. Tank Davis with the hard-fought victory over Isak Cruz on Sunday at the Staples Center, soon to be rechristened, the Crypto.com Arena. So a lot of 135ers, of course, two weeks ago, uh, George Cambosis with the big win over Teofimo Lopez. We spoke to George last week on the program. Uh, some big news this past Thursday as we move things along here and a reminder that in the third hour of the program, we're going to be joined by Jake Paul to talk about uh, today's breaking news. Uh, in case you missed it, Tommy Fury out of their fight on December 18th. In enters Tyron Woodley. The chosen one is back, getting a chance to right the wrong from this past August. 
getting a chance to avenge his loss to Jake Paul. Jake Paul saying on Twitter that he will grant, he will offer Tyron Woodley an extra $500,000 if, if he knocks him out on December 18th. How about that? Uh, so stay tuned for that. Also stay tuned for John Kavanaugh coming on to talk about a very, very, very worthy cause. That's at three o'clock. But for now, uh, let's talk to our next guest on Thursday. Word broke that my fellow Canadian, my fellow Montrealer, Felicia Spencer, the phenom, was calling it a career. Out of nowhere, we get this news. Uh, coming off a win just a couple of weeks ago against Leah Letson. Felicia Spencer is saying, I am done and uh, still very much in her prime. Of course, she went the distance when so many others could not against Amanda Nunes, arguably the second best uh, women's featherweight in the UFC, has said uh, she would like to move on to other things. And so obviously when we got this news, we had to have her on the program. And so without further ado, let us talk to the aforementioned Felicia Spencer. There she is. Felicia, how are you? (laughs) Good. Thanks for having me on, Ariel. <laughs> I feel like I need to say bye, Felicia, now. Do you get that joke a lot? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yes. but uh, it's I'm all sorry. right. I appreciate it. I'm so. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. When did, you made the announcement uh, first reported by fightbananas.com. Uh, good for them for getting this big scoop. But you made the announcement on Thursday. When did you actually come to the conclusion that you were done, that you wanted to retire? When did this happen? Um, it's, it's been a little while. Um, I was definitely leading into this camp. I already knew that this was going to be my last fight and honestly was thinking about it, the the camp prior to this one, um, back in the spring, and and a little bit after that camp, I was thinking or after the fight, when I lost, I was thinking that might be it. Uh, but it did did really didn't sit well with me how the performance went in May. So I, I was really motivated to, to, I was really excited to train and to, you know, to focus on another fight and come away with a win. So, so leading into two fights ago, you're starting to think these things. Why, why are these thoughts coming through your mind? Um, honestly, I've always looked at the, as fighting as a, not a long-term thing for me. And I know it's, you know, it's different for everybody. You know, I started training competitively for MMA when I was 18. I've obviously been doing martial arts my whole life. And, you know, when I started, training to compete in amateur fights I always kind of thought oh like when I'm 30 I'll probably be calling it a day you know that'll probably be enough time you know 12 years from that point um and it's kind of weird to me that it kind of worked out the way it did because I did I was 30 for my last fight um it wasn't like a, a set in stone like it wasn't like a hard deadline for me but it all kind of it really just all revolves around the you know the future of my mental health you know um you know, I'm doing fine. I'm fine. I just, I know that, you know, the brain can only take so much and I've been in, you know, some wars and the only way to guarantee not being in a war is to just not go in there. You know, I've, I've shown myself that I'll do whatever it takes to stay in, in the fight. So for me, the only way I can, you know, avoid getting, you know, damaged as a guarantee is just not to fight. Um, I feel really good. Like you said, I, I feel like I'm in my prime. I feel like who I, I feel like on November 13th, when I stepped in there, I was, I was going to beat anybody that was in front of me. I was really determined. I had an amazing camp. I was super excited to be in there. Um, and it's, it's a kind of a hard decision, but it's, it's, I know in my heart that that's what I want to do. I feel, I feel like I would 
I would feel really guilty to continue to, to fight um, just for like where I'm going to be in 20 years from now to, to, you know, think about my family, my husband, you know, like even my parents, like if I was not in myself 20 years from now, I, I mean, I wouldn't care, I guess, but <laughs> at that point I wouldn't know, you know, but uh, thinking about my family and, you know, in the future. So when you're preparing for the let's in fight, are you saying to yourself, if I win this, I'm done. Like, I just want to go out on a win. I want to go out on a performance that I'm proud of. And if that all comes to fruition, I will be done. Yeah. I I mean, I think either way, um, Oh really? You know, if I had lost, I feel like, I feel like I was determined enough in, in training and in camp to, uh, to put my best foot forward. You know, I was ready to do that. And even if I had lost, you know, that would have been three in a a row for me. And, you know, at that point it might've been a good idea also for me. Um, but yeah, it it really, it really just comes down to, uh, well, like I said, I I was really proud to, to have the performance that I just had, you know, it wasn't necessarily the most exciting, but it was, I felt dominant. I felt really good. Um, you know, didn't take a lot of damage and, you know, it was definitely one that I could be proud to walk away from. Everyone wants to walk away on a win. And I think a lot of fighters love the moment as they should, um, when they announce their retirement, some don't stick to it, but you take the gloves off, you put them in the cage, you have the announcement. I know it's at the apex, so it's not exactly, you know, uh, a capacity crowd, but you didn't do any of that. You're, you're, you're telling us this weeks later. Why didn't you announce it in the cage that night? Um, you know, I'm not, I don't really have a good answer, I guess. I, I just really wanted to let, let it all pass and, you know, be certain that that was going to be my choice after the fight. You know, I, I didn't, you know, a lot of people throw around the retirement and, uh, you know, the word and come and go. But for me, I, I, I don't even, I don't think of it as retirement. I feel like I'm just, I'm just done fight. I'm just done competing, you know, um, I, I'm on to the next chapter of my life. I don't know fully what it holds yet, but, you know, I'm going to just move forward. You know, I feel like it's time and, uh, it's, it is weird. I know because like I just started to make, you know, I'm just making a living off of fighting, you know, I'm doing well. My contract is good. I'm happy with my contract. I have another fight on my contract. Um, so it's kind of an odd position, you know, an odd timing from the outside, but you know, from the inside, I know it's, um, it's a choice that I, that I really wanted to make at this point. Um, before you share the news with the world through fightbananas.com, um, and by the way, I love that name and, uh, nice, you know, they, they got some, uh, some pub out of this. So good on you. Are they, are they a Florida based website? Yeah, I actually do like a segment with them every week. Okay. Um, That's great. Yeah, definitely good friends of mine. That's great. It's good that you're, uh, you're loyal to them. I, I appreciate that and respect that greatly. Did you tell the UFC, um, about your decision or did you tell them afterwards? I told them before I made the announcement. Yeah. yeah at okay. first I, t- I mean, my husband and I were pretty much the only ones who knew going into the fight after the fight, I told my coaches and, uh, and then after that, you know, a couple close friends and then, and then I was like, all right, let's just rip the bandaid off. I'm not going to say it over and over again. Right. 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 Um, and so who, who did you tell from the UFC McMaynard or someone else? Yeah. Mc, McMaynard. Yeah. And, and did he try to convince you to stay? No, I was, uh, I was shocked with all the support I got from everyone, the fans too. But yeah, Mick was like, Hey, if this is your, if this is your thought, then you're making the absolute right decision and congrats on a great career. So I was like, okay. Wow. And you didn't even tell your coaches in the training camp. Like you didn't even hint at it. Why? No, I I really didn't want that to be the focus of my fight. You know, um, 
I didn't want it to, yeah, I just didn't want that to be what I was, what everyone was thinking about, you know, every day I wanted it just to be a normal, you know, normal camp. Um, when I told one of my coaches, he was like, I kind of saw that coming. I was like, Oh, really? I'm really, um, I guess, yeah. Um, I guess just maybe responses I have, you know, maybe looking back at interviews and stuff. Yeah. You know, I did say often, like, I want to be proud of, you know, proud to walk away from this performance kind of, right you know, <laughs> fumbling my words sometimes. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, and so they didn't convince you to stay. No, no, it's, uh, it's all been support. Yeah. I kind of expected like some pushback and, you know, for people to make me feel like I'm making the wrong decision, but it's all been really positive. And, you know, my, my coach, you know, he's known me since I was like 13. He's, he's like, you know, he's looks at me as a friend and, and he knows, you know, he was the fighter too. when he made the decision to stop fighting when he felt, you know, like that his mental health would be at risk to continue and fully supported me, you know, um, you know, and, you know, my family has, you know, a lot of families see, you know, as, fam, you know, family members get older, they see dementia, they see other things happening. And that's been a part of my family's, you know, legacy. And I just want to prevent that as much as possible, you know, to, you know, I feel like it's, you know, I've probably already done some damage more than likely. So, you know, it's just time to, to call it. <laughs> um, and you, you mentioned that the term mental health, mental health can mean a lot of things, right? I think in this day and age, people yeah. think of like anxiety, depression, things like that. That's not what you're referring to, correct? You're, t you're talking about like right. brain health. Right. Which I know like is biological, like yes. depression and anxiety is, you know, it is there, but that's not what I'm referring to. I'm, I'm referring to trauma leading to issues is what I'm referring to. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm doing great. I'm happy. I'm really happy with my decision and you know, it, um, yeah, I feel, I feel good about where I'm at and we're, you know, I'm excited for what the future holds. I don't know what it is yet, but it's kind of been the, the theme in my life. Like, I just don't know what the next step ever is going to be. So and I'll ask you about the future in a second, but I'm just curious because you're so cognizant of, about, you know, the health of your, uh, of your brain. And I'm assuming, assuming things like CTE and all that. When you go 25 minutes with Amanda Nunez and the, the punishment that you took in that fight, which you were applauded for the fact that you never broke or wilted afterwards, even after that fight, did you start to think like, I don't want to do this much longer because I don't want to go through that again. I don't want to put my body, my brain through that again. Yeah. I mean, in all, every fight, like that was definitely the longest, yeah. you know, fight that I took the most punishment in. So it definitely, you know, contributed to the accumulation. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, it's, I know when I'm in there, I don't regret being in there. I don't regret going the, you know, going the distance. Um, I'm happy with how it all worked out. Uh, but yeah, I know that every war that you're in, you know, not just me, but every fighter, if you're in, you know, you, you guys know watching after one of those wars happen and you're like, that person's never going to be the same again, you know? Right. And I, I know that that's, you know, those effects can be long lasting and they can, and they really just accumulate. So I, I, uh, yeah, never, I never envisioned myself being, a you know, fighting until I was, you know, my late thirties or just, you know, not, I didn't want to push it until I just couldn't go anymore. Um, I didn't want to be broken when I stopped fighting, you know, I'm, I'm the best I've ever been. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard you say that, uh, you always considered your fight life an opportunity and not so much a career. And so when you consider it like an opportunity an opportunity is usually something that is somewhat short lived, right? It doesn't, an opportunity doesn't last for a lifetime. Uh, I think that kind of 
makes a lot of sense in terms of the way you thought of your career. Your husband is a fighter too, correct? Yeah, yeah. So does he share the same sentiments as you? Like, will he stop fighting at a relatively young age as well? Um, Well, everyone's path is going to be different, you know, so... I don't know when he'll, when he'll want to stop. I know he wants to fight this year. He hasn't fought for about one year now. Um, you know, and it, it just depends on what kind of fights you have too. You know, if you're going to go in and not take any damage, like most of his career, you know, he, he ends it pretty quick. So, you know, why stop, you know, or, you know, you know, if you haven't accumulated a lot of damage, then it's, it is different, I think. And, and like I said, everyone's going to feel different. Um, about their life. And I don't judge people who stay in, like you just had Clay Guida on. Like, I love Clay Guida. I love that he's still doing it. And, you know, if he, if that's what makes him happy, you know, so for me, I feel like I would just feel so guilty <laughs> to continue. Uh, yeah. And he's also, you know, Todd, Todd and I he started a roofing company this year. So we have other things going on that, you know, that, that we don't feel like fighting has to define everything in our life, you know? So it's, uh, it's been a big part of our life. It's something that we love and that, you know, we'll continue to love, um, training and, you know, he'll compete and, you know, I'll be involved in, you know, still watching the sport, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I think he'll definitely still be fighting at least for the time being. The roofing company, is it for, uh, like residential homes? Both. Um, but mostly just repairs. It's pretty much like a two man operation. I like it. You <laughs> Three, and your if husband. I'm up, I, if I'm, uh, yeah. Well, and another, uh, another friend of ours that, okay. that helps. So, uh, so yeah, it's a real small thing, you know, nothing crazy, but it's, you know, something that's our own and, uh, you know, just like fighting, we just like to be in charge of our own life. And, you know, sometimes making these decisions is, uh, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how it works out. Are you still in uh, central Florida? Yeah. Yeah. We're in Orlando. Yeah. Do you want to give the roofing company a shout out? Sure. It's Coppinger quality roofing. He'll love that. Okay. Coppinger. <laughs> um, yeah. You can find us on. Yep. Uh, that's our last name. Yeah. I've, I've kept Spencer as my fight, you know, my fight name, but yep. uh, yeah, you can find us on Instagram. Go hit us up if you need a job done. <laughs> I love the idea that if I have a leak in my roof, Felicia Spencer, former Invicta champion could come fix it for me. Is that, is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, I might be on, not on every job, but okay. I mean, you'll be getting all the emails from me and you'll be getting the bills from me for sure. That is amazing. <laughs> Remember, I'm pretty good with numbers. So, yep, you know, yep. <laughs> yes, actually, I wanted to mention that uh, former math teacher, right? That's uh, what you did in a previous life. Are you going to go back to math teaching? I'm just leaving the door open right now. You know, I don't want to dive into doing full time anything you know, right now it's, it's a possibility. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see what I can do more for the business and like moving forward and, um, you know, possibly even like commentating or just being involved with the sport still, you know, I definitely am interested in that stuff. So, uh, so yeah, I'm going to kind of let it, let it sit for a couple months and then, you know, see where I'm at. You got a lot of love when you made this uh, announcement. What is that like for you to see, you know, I'm sure everyone wants to get love on their way out. Um, and yours was, out of the blue. Um, but a lot of nice things I saw were being said about you. And so to see that, does it make you feel like, Oh, you know, I had an impact, you know, this was all worth it. People appreciated me. Like, what's your reaction to seeing? Cause you're, you're, you're obviously a very humble person. You're, I mean, dare I say somewhat shy, right. I mean, and to see all these people talking about <laughs> you, what was that like? It was, it was a little unexpected, honestly, but it was, it was very nice. Um, I really appreciated a lot of the messages I got, like you said, saying, you know, just being an, an inspiration for others. Um, 
you know, applauding my decision, you know, thinking about my future, like that kind of stuff, really. I didn't expect such a positive reaction. And I mean, honestly, I've done more media about this than for my last two fights combined. <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, maybe it will, you know, help uh, other fighters who, you know, have been kind of feeling the same way, but, you know, don't want to feel like they're giving up on on something by stopping when they think they should. You know, it's uh, like I said, it's, it's a point where I, you know, I'm making making a good living, you know, I'm, I'm on top and it's okay to walk away, you know, uh, when you feel like it's the right time. And, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not afraid of what the future holds, you know, whatever it may be. I might make less money. I might, you know, who knows what happens, but I know it's, uh, you know, it's the right decision for me. What are you most proud of? Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess the kind of responses that I've been getting about, you know, being an inspiration, like showing that, you know, when, when things are tough, you, you know, you can push through that kind of stuff. Like that, that is really nice, especially when it's parents telling me that, you know, their kids are inspired or that they look up, like those are the kind of things that I, um, feel really good about. So, and obviously all the accomplishments and, and just kind of doing everything the way I wanted to do it, you know, the way I got into the, into the UFC to the way I'm getting out of it, you know, it's all kind of just the way that I wanted along with the support of the people around me, you know? So. Favorite fight? Um, I guess I, I would have to say like fighting Cyborg in Canada was really just like a special, you know, special moment. There was all the media, there was, you know, fighting in Canada, all the support. Um, yeah. Being on the poster, like all the crazy stuff that had never happened to me before. So that, that was a pretty, a pretty special one for me. Yes. Edmonton. And you went the distance with her as well uh, in her, in her final UFC fight. Uh, that one didn't go your way like the Nunez one, but I feel like for whatever reason, your career will be defined by the fact that you didn't break, that you maybe didn't have like, you know, the scariest, you know, face, game face, physique, whatever, but you were freaking tough as hell. And you stood in there with some of the greatest fighters of all time and you gave them hell and, uh, and never quit. So, you know, uh, someone's legacy could be a hell of a lot worse than that. And so I want to salute you, yeah. Felicia, on a fantastic career. You know, New York Rick, who was working on my show and who's back now, used to talk to me about you, the Canadian phenom from, uh, from Invicta, saying that you were going to be the one to challenge for the UFC Women's Featherweight cha Championship. And he was right. Uh, and so it was really great to see a, a fellow Montrealer make it to the UFC, do big things. And uh, I hope that you walk away with your, your head held high, very proud of everything that you accomplished because you represented Canada and America very well in your UFC career. Thank you. And yeah, I love that New York Rick, Rick is back on the show. How um, about that, huh? Nice throwback to back in the day, yeah. Yes. New York Rick, you want to say anything to Felicia on the way out? He, he's able to talk. Are you able to talk, New York Rick? Congratulations on a great career. Look at that. Did you hear him? <laughs> no. Oh, you couldn't hear him. Let's try again. No. I said congratulations on a great career. I didn't hear it. You didn't, uh, <laughs> We screwed that no. up. All, he's, I'll, I'll go back and watch it. Yes. He said, congratulations <laughs> on a great career. He said, uh, thanks for proving me right. Awesome. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Felicia. All the best to you and uh, good luck in this next chapter. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. There she is, Felicia Spencer, uh, calling it a career, doing it her way. How about that? You got to respect it. Uh, saying goodbye and uh, knowing when to say when. Who's the famous, uh, who is it? Was it Johnny Cash? Was it Kenny Rogers? 
No one to hold them. No one to fold them. No one to walk away. No one to run. You better count your money. Who is it, Frank? Rogers. Is it Rogers? Yeah. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough to count them. When the dealing's done. I think I screwed up a couple of those words, right? It was made famous by Mo Thugs in Harmony. Was it? Not Bone Thugs. Mo Thugs was like a, a subset. Anyway, it was good stuff. What do you mean Mo Thugs? I've never heard of this. There was another group after Bone Thugs in the early 90s, mid-90s, called Mo Thugs. You should check them out. Was it a spinoff? Yeah, like it was some of the production team decided to keep on rapping. Wow. Yeah. Uh, did you watch their Versus thing last week? not, no. You, Bone, 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 bone. An idea has been thrown out to me. Tell me what you think of this. A sort of versus rap battle between Thug Nasty, Bryce Mitchell, and Brian Kelleher, who's another UFC fighter who fancies himself the best rapper in the sport. Tyron Woodley has dabbled in the rap game as well, but I feel like he's a little bit above it right now. Obviously, he's got his hands full. I don't know if we're going to do this anytime soon, but what do you think of having a rap battle on the program here between two of the uh, the sports best rappers. I think it has to happen. You think it has to happen? Yeah. Did you listen to, uh, th- I know you were out last week, you kind of left us uh, scrambling without an audio guy for a second there, but Al did a tremendous job. Uh, did you hear uh, Thug Nasty's? I haven't gotten to hear it yet. I'm going to listen to oh. it tonight. Yeah. I wanted to play it, but they told me we weren't allowed. Sounds about right. Well, they said, you know, there's, there's beats, I think Drake's beats on there or something. So I was like, you know, I don't know. I don't want that smoke. You know what I mean? Um, but it's great. I mean, I know Connor has been bumping to it since it came out last Wednesday. It's exciting. Yes. Uh, Darkensaw, I think, is his favorite of the of the lot. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned. Maybe we'll do a little rap battle, a little versus battle, if you will, between Thug Nasty and Thug Nasty, a.k.a. Bryce Mitchell, and Boom, a.k.a. Brian Kelleher. Uh, in about five minutes, we're going to be joined by John Cavanaugh to uh, talk about a very worthy cause that I've been hinting at for quite some time. Uh, didn't get, uh, and we'll talk to GC about the bets this weekend. We'll talk to New York Quick. We're also going to be joined by Jake Paul, and I understand uh, Nikisa Bedarian as well, who's the head man over at uh, MVP, Most Valuable Promotions. Uh, he is the co-founder of MVP. He's going to be joining us with. Uh, Jake Paul at about 3.30 to talk about the change in opponent from uh, Tommy Fury to Tyron Woodley. Nikisa's story in, in its own right is a fascinating one. Nikisa is the former CFO of the UFC of Zufa and was instrumental in the sale of the company back in 2016 for $4.025 billion, with a B, billion dollars. Uh, he was named... Uh, chief financial financial officer of the UFC back in 2016, and then several months later was a part of the sale of the company. Uh, also was instrumental in a bunch of big deals for them, the Reebok deal and all that stuff. Now working with Jake Paul, which makes that story very interesting in its own right, but uh, he has been a huge part of uh, his financial success over the last year or so. So I guess I, I was just told now from Connor that, or at least I just saw this now, that uh, they will both be joining us at 3.30. I did want to give proper credit. at the, I, I, We had to start rather quickly um, to Jose Aldo for that incredible win over Rob Fawn. It's just amazing to me, this guy who you know won the WC title 
back in 2009 against Mike Brown, who's now a longtime coach, uh, coaching the likes of Dustin Poirier. And shout out to MMA Bobblehead for this uh, Dustin Poirier figure that I took off the thing. How about that? Very apropos, considering the fact that Poirier is fighting for the belt this Saturday. Really nice. Also got a Randy Couture one over here and a uh, Chuck Liddell. Anyway, the fact that he is still kicking it, like I really thought that Jose Aldo would be defined by that loss to Conor McGregor. How could he not be, right? That loss to Conor McGregor was incredible uh, for Conor, but it was devastating for Aldo. 13-second defeat. Uh, There was a chance that he would never recover from that. Um, And I think a lot of people thought that he would be mentally broken as a result of that loss. The embarrassment that comes with a loss like that, especially considering the buildup with Conor. And not only... Did he rebound? I mean, he has thrived. And of course, he had that vacant um, or interim title. It was an interim title uh, win over Frankie Edgar in the next fight at UFC 200. Uh, And then he fights Max Holloway twice and loses those fights. And then you're like, all right, you know, maybe maybe this run is finally coming to an end. And you, you forget at times just how young he is. He's only 35, yet he's been fighting for all these years. And then he decides all of a sudden that he's going to drop to 135 and remember that first fight when he fought at 135 remember how he looked remember like he looked like death at media day remember how his face looked how sunken in he was and everyone was like man this is a really bad idea you know he fights um he fights holloway twice loses both of those fights via tko ufc 212 and 218 then beats jeremy stevens then beats hinata moikano then loses to volkanovsky which of course has aged very well over time. And then says, you know what? I'm going to drop down to 135 and fights Marlon Marais. And a lot of people thought he actually deserved to win that fight against Marlon Marais, despite the fact that he looked so bad on the scale and at the media day. And he loses that fight. And then he loses to Peter Jan in July of 2020. And remember, early on in that Peter Jan fight, he actually looked pretty good. It ended poorly for him. But he actually looked pretty good. And so then after the Piotr Jan fight and after the idea of him fighting at 135 seemed to be just a little too tough, what does he do? He wins three straight. He beats Marlon Vera, which of course has aged very well. He beats Pedro Munoz, who's one of the top guys at 135. And then on Saturday, he beats Rob Font via unanimous decision. It was never in doubt. Rob Font, who, by the way, was on a four-fight winning streak against the likes of Cody Garbrandt and Marlon Moraes. Jose Aldo, man. 35. Still kicking it. What a legend. This guy debuted in August of 2004. Incredible. What a story. So I would love to see him fight TJ Dillashaw next. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens if he beats Dillashaw and if Jan beats Sterling. UFC's going to be faced with a really interesting predicament. Do you run it back? I feel like you have to. But that's the fight to make. There is no doubt about it. TJ Dillashaw versus Jose Aldo is 100% the fight to make, and what a great story that is for both guys. Former bantamweight champ against the former featherweight champ, fighting now 135 in a number one contender fight. It's just so amazing as we get older to see these legends still doing it, still thriving. You know, it's kind of like Guida, although, you know, Aldo's career obviously a lot more decorated and historic to see him on this stage fighting these younger guys and winning in the way he is winning is, is nothing short of amazing. It's really heartwarming. So congratulations, parabéns to Jose Aldo. And uh, I can't wait to see him fight again.
I hope we appreciate this. I hope we appreciate this man while he's still fighting and not like so many others who we seem to appreciate more when they are done. Then, you know, like a Felicia Spencer, we appreciate her more when she is the, oh yeah, you know, she was really tough. She went toe to toe. She, she did this X, Y, and Z. Appreciate Jose Aldo, a legend, who by the way, he might be top five. He really might. He might be a top five fighter by the time it's all said and done. We talk about Jones and GSP and Habib, those guys. We Anderson, we don't talk about Jose enough. I think everyone would agree top 10. He might be top five by the time it's all said and done. Incredible, the longevity that he has had now in two weight classes. Uh, our next guest knows a lot about Jose Aldo. He was a part of that historic 13-second victory against Jose Aldo back in 2015. It's crazy that we are approaching the six-year anniversary of that victory. Of course, we're not here to talk to uh, head coach over at SBG Ireland, John Cavanaugh, about that victory, but it is crazy, the timing of it all. We're here to talk to him about a very, very, very uh, worthy cause and an important cause. And so without further ado, let us say hello to the one and only John Cavanaugh. It has been a while since we last spoke, John. How are you, sir? Hello, Ariel. How are you getting on? I'm doing great. It's great to see you again. It's great to talk to you. Last time I spoke to you, by the way, do you remember when was the last time we spoke? In, in an official capacity. Um, it's been a while. It was uh, remind me. Early, early days of the pandemic on Instagram Live. Like I'm talking two weeks into this thing. Um, oh, and you. And we thought it was going to last two weeks, yes, right? <laughs> we thought it was going to last two weeks. We thought we were just rounding third, as they see here in America. <laughs> and uh, you, you revealed that you were going to be a father, but you were also a little bit worried about the gym and the expenses. I mean, obviously, that has been a, a long time, but you are now a father, uh, and I believe your son is yes. over a year old. So he's how 16 is, months now. 16 yeah, months. he's doing great, uh, causing loads of trouble, running around the place, pulling stuff off shelves. So I spend most of my time at home just following him and picking stuff back up. Yes. But it's, uh, I'm loving it, really enjoying the process. And uh, yeah, can't recommend it enough to anybody out there thinking about it. Yes. Uh, are we ready for number two by any chance? Um, I'm actually putting in the hard rounds as we speak. <laughs> and, uh, hopefully we can knock out number two next year. Good, good, good. So, uh, I'm happy to hear yeah, that. we're... Back on the wagon. You're making up for lost time. That's that very good. good uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I get, I get what you, I get what you're trying to say. Uh, and by the way, the gym. I mean, how did things turn out for the gym? Things uh, hopefully starting to get back a little bit to normal. I know there's now new fears and whatnot, but you, you had just opened or had put in the plans for this, this monster. I think you were calling it. What was you calling it? The, the machine, yeah. the monster, or something? Did you, did you make it out okay? Yeah. Look, um, like all gym owners out there, I, I, I reinvested everything in my life into my fine, what I, what I perceive to be my final gym after 20 years in, in this crazy business. And I, I have moved 10 times in a 20 year period. And this was the last one I opened up in September and I closed in January oh. and it's been uh, on and off for the last two years, more often on. And it's, it's a challenge. And, um, yeah, it's, 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 and like I said, a lot of people out there in the same position as me, but I'm hoping we, we just got new uh, regulations brought in that starting from tomorrow, I can only allow people in that are either vaxxed or have their COVID recovery cert. So that's just another hurdle for us to get over. But look, like I said, a lot of people out there in much tougher situations than me. And uh, we will get through this. And I feel that going into the new year, we can uh, hopefully push this horrible disease back into oblivion and, and have a much better 22. Amen. Amen. Um, before I ask you about the very good cause that you're here to talk about, I, I, I just want to 
sort of, you know, tie the bow that I was just talking about before you came on. What is it like, like to see Jose Aldo all these years later, you guys will always be connected to him because of that night. It must be, and and I, and I, there is a great appreciation and I think a mutual respect between your team and his team, Connor and him after all these years, after everything that was said and done. Isn't it wild to see him still doing this at this level against this kind of opposition? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm sure I spoke about it a lot uh, at the time, but Going back, like I was a massive WEC fan, and if you're a WEC fan, you're obsessed with Aldo. Just the way he—he he was the first one that I really saw a striking-based MMA guy that just dis- dismantled grapplers. So I was trying to learn a lot from what he did, and and even going back further than that, his his amazing coach Day Day. When I watched him back in the Pride days, so there was nobody that was a bigger fan of of that team and Aldo specifically than me. And in the lead up to that fight, I had many sleepless lights looking at those leg kicks and his takedown defense and his speed and his technique and his experience. And uh, I, I somewhat regretted how the fight went because I would have I would have loved to see the clash of styles and some more exchanges. But, you know, it went the way it went. And, and, and look what Aldo's done. He's come back completely reinvigorated at 135 and he's. He's looking world class. He's looking like he's looking like a champion beater. And if he gets that Dillashaw fight, I think we'll really see just how far he's come since then. And um, there, yeah, there'd be no. I'm, I'm sure Connor would love to see it, and certainly I would love to see him uh, have his hand raised and have that belt at 135. Oh yeah, I mean the the fact that mentally he was able to come over or, or get over that uh, that defeat and the embarrassment and the shame that he felt that shot of him in the locker room crying is something that uh, I think no one will forget the the heartbreak that he felt it's it's really heartwarming to see him thrive on this level once again now uh you are here in large part John to talk about a very very worthy cause like i said uh the irish mma community who we hold near and dear to our heart we we have uh, loved to see it uh, thrive and uh, it, the, the ups, the downs. Now it seems like the ups again, and there's a ton of new young talent coming up, uh, was hit very hard by a tragic accident um, that happened in the gym, not your gym, another gym. And it seems like everyone is coming together, putting aside any potential rivalries or differences to to uh, to really put on a great event in honor of a young man who is struggling right now, but is hoping for a miracle. Can you tell us more about what you guys are doing? Yeah, so briefly, uh, a great uh, young fighter. Actually, his last pro fight was against one of my guys, and it was a very tough contest. He has a fantastic jiu-jitsu game in, in MMA, Ian Coughlin, and he, he sustained a horrific freak accident in July, and he ended up being paralyzed. Um, where it's, it's, it's a terrible situation, but we're hoping there can be some light at the end of the tunnel, and we can show the strength of the Irish and the international MMA community and raise funds to send... Uh, this young man, young husband, young fighter to Germany for a very promising treatment. And, you know, I'm hoping for a Christmas miracle and we can get this uh, this man back walking, back moving in some capacity, get his, his confidence back, get his, his independence back. And I've got to know him more over the last while and his wife. And we've really uh, thrown ourselves behind this and as has the entire Irish MMA community. So with that being said, uh, many uh, years ago, in the lead up to the Mayweather fight, um, Connor had a pair of boots that he wore for the training camp that he he kind of fell in love with. That he wore them in, in all the sessions. I think I've sent you some mm-hmm. pictures. I don't know whether we're showing them here. Yeah, we're going to show them right now. Uh, I'm sure the fans will love the one of me being strangled by him while 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 
boxing sparring, he decided to uh, take me down and choke me out one day. Um, but yeah, these, these were the boots that he wore for all the sessions. And at the end of the training camp, I certainly took note that this was going to be one of the biggest combat sports fight of all time. We had the biggest name, you know, arguably the biggest name in boxing versus arguably the biggest name in mixed martial arts, the undefeated champ versus the champ champ. And um, I, I have these boots here. Wow. And uh, after the last session, I sneakily took them away and put them to one side. And I'll be honest, there was a part of me thinking, if anything ever went terribly wrong for me, I could give them to Orla to uh, to auction off for, for Connell and wow. maybe send them, put him through college or at least give him some kind of start if, if something ever went terrible wrong with the gym or with myself. And well, look, this situation has come up and it seems the time now that I, I took them out of safe. I haven't done anything to these. They haven't been cleaned. I didn't wow. do anything with them. I had put them to one side because I knew they were going to be a very important piece of combat sports memorabilia. And uh, we're hoping we have an auction site set up. It actually, the, the landing page, I don't think will be ready for until tomorrow, but I've sent you on the links there. We can share with all the fans. And we're really hoping that there's someone out there that, um, you know, maybe, maybe the, the man that has everything and has a couple of quid and wants to get a very, very special very much a one-off Christmas present for somebody or for himself. How good would these look in a nice glass case in your in your office or in your study at home, your sports memorabilia room? There, I don't believe there's anything else out there that comes close to this. A lot of boxers sign their gloves at the end of a fight, and there's many of them. This is a one-off. You're never going to have something like this again. The, the boots worn by Connor. We have a bunch of pictures that be signed by him. We have the boots that will be signed by him. And um, know as well that your money is going to an incredible cause. I really believe, I've done my research on this uh, treatment, and I really believe by, by next summer we could, maybe we could have Ian come on the show and, and show what it's done, what it's meant to him. We needed to raise 75,000 uh, euros for this, and we're already knocking on 45,000 euros. A big chunk of that came from the man himself, Connor, and now he's put, he's put these in. And we're also doing, which is more Dublin-based, we're doing a super seminar on the 18th of December. You can go to my Instagram to get all the information on that. And we hope to raise a good chunk of change at that seminar. All the different teams are coming together. Me and Andy Ryan, we're across the cage from each other all the time. We're across the cage for Ian Coughlin's last fight in Bellator. I had Costi, he had Ian. We're great rivals, we're great pals. And we'll be teaching uh, to get around the mat that day wow. because um, that's what that's what combat sports is about. That's what mixed martial arts is about. We're fierce rivals on Saturday night, and then you know we're all part of the same community come Monday morning. You know, win, lose, or draw, the show carries on. We get back in the gym. We're training our guys together. We work together, and this is an opportunity for us to show the strength of the national uh, community and the international community. I, I saw a message today on Instagram. He's one of Ireland's best jiu-jitsu players. I'm killing myself here because his name is, escapes my mind at the moment. But I saw his post, and it was a beautiful post. And he said, I don't have much money, but I do have jiu-jitsu knowledge. So I'm doing a seminar. And he put up the, the details in that seminar. I've no doubt that guy's going to raise a couple of hundred that day, chip in towards the cause. 
over the last couple of weeks. I've seen a number of jiu-jitsu guys do this, uh, MMA guys. Uh, the great Packy Collins, one of Ireland's best ever pro boxing uh, trainers. He is trainer of Steve Collins, who, you know, back in the day, uh, Mr. Helwani there mm. snuck him on to snuck him onto his podcast to wish Connor all the luck in his MMA debut. Packy Collins will be at my gym on the 18th, showing some of his secrets, wow. how he trained Steve Collins, how to beat um, Chris Eubank back in the day. You know, like I said, I have myself, Andy Ryan, uh, Brad Katona, Canada's finest. Yes. Uh, the ultimate fighter trophy winner. Uh, Johnny Walker will be here. The man himself, the notorious, has hinted he may be swinging by in the day. I'm not too sure. I can't guarantee that, but hopefully he'll be here in the day. And it'll be a great day. It'll be a great day of people coming together. I'm naming the seminar Unstoppable. I'm asking all the coaches to show their three unstoppable moves that they rely on when they're tired and sore, that they always catch people with. I've got a nasty guillotine, an armbar, and a sweep. I'm looking forward to seeing Andy Ryan, one of Ireland's best ever judo players. I'm sure he's got some great throws in there. Johnny Walker with some mean knees and elbows. And, uh, you know, we, we're going to have a great day. We have uh, Burger Boy. He's a, a fantastic burger company. He'll be set up outside. He'll be offering his delicious burgers. Everything raised from that will go to the fund. Wow. And I'm very confident. I'm really uh, optimistic that between this one-off piece of memorabilia and the super seminar and what other people are doing, that before Christmas, we can go to Ian Coughlin and his, and his family and hand them that check clear plenty to send them to Germany, send them there in the new year and, you know, have a great story to open up the new year with that. We've, we've got this man, the treatment and that he's making great progress. That's, that's what we're aiming for. You are giving me chills. Uh, this is a beautiful thing coming out of a horrific accident. Um, and, uh, we, you know, we talked a little bit about Ian's, uh, story and certainly wish him the best. I, I want for the people who only listen to the show, some are watching it. We went through everything, but I do want to put up that graphic again uh, because you said that the auction will start tomorrow. That will be the 7th of December and it will go till December 23rd, right? Um, it'll actually go to, what do you call the day after Christmas Day? Do you call that Boxing, Boxing day. day? or Boxing Day. Yes, yeah, so we, we call it Stevens Day. But actually... That's kind of a good name for a boxing day because that is a good name. You know, one of the most famous pair of boxing boots of all time. So the, the auction will start. Let me just double check. It's either the seventh or the eighth. Okay. So while you're um, double checking, okay. let me give the uh, URL. It's TMG Right now we're showing a photo of the boots that you are holding in your office over there. www.tmgsportsmemorabilia.com is where the auction will be housed. And uh, that's where you can, Place your bid as of tomorrow, December 7th. We're no. doing this. Oh, go no, ahead. 14th. Sorry, 14th. I've just confirmed that there. Everything's a bit last minute. We're, okay. we're trying to get this and some, some uh, you know, real high definition pictures of Connor wearing them. So we've been a bit, uh, bit, bit crazy trying to get everything done. No problem. No and this problem. great memorabilia site stepped up, offered to host them for us for free. Everything going to the charity. Um, so it's actually starting on the 14th. We'll be bombarding you. I'm sure uh, Hawani on the 14th will we'll tweet no it out as well. No I'll problem. be sending it out. Connor will be sending it out. So if you missed any of the links, don't worry. Check out the social medias and you, you'll get them on the 14th. It'll only go for, what's that, 14th till the 26th? So that's 12 days. Less than 10 days. Eight to, uh, 12? 12, 12 days. Yeah, sorry, 12 <laughs> days. 
sorry, almost two weeks. And uh, you know, let's boost this up as much as much as possible. And like I said, give, give the family something to celebrate over Christmas. That's incredible. And now there, there is a GoFundMe page, which, as you mentioned, I did see that Connor uh, made a very big donation to. That was uh, really cool of him to do. We're showing the GoFundMe page right now. GoFundMe.com slash let's dash get dash Ian dash walking dash again. Or all you have to do is Google let's get Ian walking again. And the GoFundMe page uh, pops up. And uh, thus far, last I checked, uh, my eyesight is bad, but I know it's above 40,000 euros and they're hoping for the goal of 75,000, right? Yeah, so I, I believe it's at about 44 and we okay. need 74 of them, right? So okay. there's only 30 grand left. We've already gone over 40. There's only 30 grand left. So one last big push, uh, you know, donate. If you donate 100 euros, that covers your fee for coming over for the super seminar on the 18th. Um and, you know, if you're not able to make the seminar, but just donate whatever you can. If you have no money, at least share it. Give it a shout out on your social media. Maybe somebody else can throw in a few quid. And then if you're one of those rich guys out there, mm-hmm. check out the auction. Get a one-off. I kept these for young Connell. So, Connell, if you're of age and you're watching this back, I apologize. <laughs> I hope I haven't screwed up too too much where you're now. I'm now regretting this. Um, but they're going to a very good cause. And, you know, maybe Uncle Connor will show you a pair of gloves or something yeah. at some stage. But uh, but for now, these are up for auction uh, from the 14th to the 26th. It's a one-off gift. It's an amazing Christmas present. It's a great story behind it. So get in there, bid crazy. And uh, like I said, let's make a Christmas miracle happen. Incredible uh, foresight on your part to take those because uh, we're now approaching <laughs> uh, almost five years since that fight. Uh, if my math is correct. Yeah, five years. It'll be five years next August. Um, so well done on your part. By the way, I, I'm assuming, does Con, like, he obviously knows you had them, but like, did he know you took them at the time or did he just find out now when you put this up? So so here, here's the funny one. Um, only what two or three days ago, <laughs> I, um, I I thought to myself, you know what? I, I have to do this. You know, I, I, I think these could... Someone out there, some high network guy, I think will 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 put a crazy bid in for this because of the story behind it and that they're one off. But I hadn't told Connor yet. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't told like when I stole the suit, I hadn't told him yet. So I uh, I took a picture of him and I sent it on to him. And I was like, "Hey, what's up, champ? Um, just a heads up, I actually took those boots that you wore all training wow. camp. Um, would you mind?" And he, of course, he responded immediately, "Not at all." He'll sign them, and he put me in touch with um, the great ginger beard photography, Dave. And Dave had to go through a couple of years worth of pictures and dig up some great pictures of, of of Connor wearing them during the training camp. You know, I want the people to see that it was genuine. He didn't just, you know, put them on for a photograph. You'll see all the photos he wore on the entire training camp. They were his favorite boots for it, and um, Connor was happy to give them over. And of course, I, I'm I'm going to be delighted if we if we hit her when we hit her figure. I know we're going to hit that target, and I can't think of anything that would be a better uh, cause for this. And like you said, it's it's a it's a tragic story, but I'm I really feel we can have a a, a positive outcome at the end of it all. I also want to give a shout out to Andy Stevenson of Severe MMA, who's done a great job of chronicling the story. He did an interview with Ian um, that's been on social media that I hope everyone will check out as well. Um, by the way, the seminar on December 18th, where is it? So for the seminar, anybody interested, it's, you know, you're obviously going to be Dublin or Ireland based. It's on the 18th in my gym. 
Now, we did have some new legislation come in where people have to be either vaxxed or have proof of recovery. So keep that in mind. And now that the other fella has tweeted out that he might be showing up, I'm expecting a complete logistical nightmare. We had over 2,000 people show up at the gym the last time he said he was swinging by. So we do have other uh, rules we're going to have to have in place. Unfortunately, if you're watching this and you're thinking of showing up with your five kids for you know, Santa's Grotto type of event and you get the picture with Connor. I can't do that. We would have 10,000 people show up and we'd have Dublin shut down and the (laughs) the police would be on top of me. So please go to my Instagram. I will be making a new video. We will have some fairly strict rules and regulations around that. I can only only have, you know, 100 people at a time in my gym. So I have to come up with a way to get people in and out, keep everybody happy, have people that want to train, have people that want to come down and get a picture. Number one, of course, is raise as much money for this great cause. So before showing up, before booking a flight from freaking Canada yeah. or Australia or something on the vague hope of meeting Connor, don't stop, <laughs> wait, take a deep breath and check out my Instagram for the new video that'll be coming up in the next few days, uh, detailing what you'd have to go through in order to be here. And I'll say again, on the, on the biggest show on the planet, the Helwani show, sure. I don't know if we'll be here. I'm not promising anything. Remember what cause it's for. It's for something very good. Don't be harassing me for all of 2022 if you decide to fly in and then you, you don't get to meet the man himself. Yes, yes. That is definitely worth uh, stating very clearly. Uh, I, I would like to, I, I won't be there. I'm not going to go uh, to meet Connor or get an interview with him or anything like that, but I would love to donate just for the price of admission. Um, I'd be more than happy. That'd be amazing. And I know that's in your... Um, that's in your bio, right? On your Instagram. That's in the bio of my Instagram. Uh, Ian's GoFundMe is there. So click on that. And uh, yeah, look, anything, if it's 10 euros, if it's 100 euros, you know, whatever you can afford, it's all adding up. We're, we're flying along. It was only 20 grand or something about a week ago. And we're over, we're approaching 45 grand now. So we're there. So we're showing the strength of the national and the international jiu-jitsu and MMA community. This, you know, if you trained, this could have been you. It wasn't. This could have happened at my gym. It could have been me. It could have been anybody. It was a pretty standard grappling technique. Just a one in a million, one in a trillion weird way he fell. It could have been any one of us. It could have been your brother, your friend, your cousin. So let's get together and let's get this man walking again. By the way, uh, you mentioned something about a, a stolen suit. Well, I don't know this story. I feel like I know most you of the... You know that story. When's this from? I'm getting old, I must say. Is this an old story? Yeah, because what was funny was we, we actually videoed his response, and um, I, you, you know, Audie, his manager, he had it on his YouTube. I'll dig it up and I'll send it to you. Okay. Because it's kind of funny. It was just when Connor, like, I, I think it was actually after the Dustin one fight. So you know, he was he was getting there. He wasn't he wasn't who he was right now, and um, he had a very nice suit. And he went out, and me and me and Artem, we uh, we broke into his room and we were like seeing what we could. You know, none of us had nice suits then, and he had a couple of nice suits, and. Luckily for me, I, I'm almost exact dimensions. Well, maybe not anymore now that he's gone up to light heavyweight. But back then, we're almost exact same dimensions. So his very nice suit looked really, really good on me. It like fit perfect. And I've never had a tailored suit in my life. So I wore it and we went to dinner. And Connor sat across from me and he's like halfway through his meal. And suddenly he looked at me and go, he was like, what? What the hell are you doing wearing that suit? So uh, I'll, I'll find that video. I think it's on Audi's YouTube page, but. I'll dig it up and send it to you. Did so. you give it back? Uh, I don't 
don't know. I don't think Connor remembers. So. <laughs> that could be it the may or may not still be in my in my wardrobe. That could be what you give <laughs> Connell when he instead of the boots, you give him the suit. You put that in the. All right, now see that that's why you are, yeah. are, are the smart one, Ariel. Uh, could I before I let you go? Could I ask who are we excited about? Who, who's 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 coming up in the gym now? Who's a name? Who's you know that event in. Uh, in in Dublin, the the Bellator event was incredible. I mean, I know it didn't necessarily go the team's way, but Peter Queeley's walkout was just the stuff of dreams. Same with James's walkout. Who who's the next guy that we need to be uh, looking out for? Or yeah, well, or you know, we, we we won't we won't forget we had five great wins on the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Kieran Clark and and Danny Neely continued their unbeaten run, and then my Italian Stallions they had some great wins, and and all of our fights we were in. Um, we were the massive underdogs. We were facing very, very tough competition and we had some great wins. Yes. Uh, you know, I thought James looked, uh, he did look, uh, well improved in his standup and now he's in that eight man tournament. Uh, so look, you know, it might be one of those one step back, two steps forward. He's got, um, uh, well, it hasn't been announced yet. The round one, has it? I almost, no, almost no. said that. No, but I'm very confident that it, James will, <laughs> you always get me in trouble. Um, but, you know, I thought his, his stand-up looked really sharp and that slight tactical error going for that takedown. And, you know, Mix has a fantastic uh, guillotine. He got caught with it. It's not a mistake James will make uh, a second time. So let's see. Let's see that can continue to improve. Um, it was an honor to do the corner with uh, Mr. Krause on the night. I, we've spoken a lot back and forth, but that was the first time physically uh, going together. He's an incredible coach, incredible corner man. And uh, I'm sure James is only going to continue to improve with him. And I look forward to seeing him in that tournament next year. Uh, Peter, I thought he was doing great in the first round. The leg kicks and the punches were, were going well. Got a bit over enthusiastic, stepped in with the backhand, got caught. And, you know, that guy, the, 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 the Pipple brothers, my God, they, they, they both have the touch. That touch is rare and they both have it. Um, I have a huge fight next weekend. On, it's my first time being involved in... Uh, Combatche Global, mm. the um, the promotion in Miami. I'm actually flying out there on Wednesday morning. Franz Malambo is in the eight man tournament. The one night tournament, and, yeah. Um, yeah, so he's a one thirty five er. That my, my I seem to have gone through a period of just having fantastic one thirty five ers between you know Gallagher, Brad Catona winning the Ultra Fighter Trophy, you know Brian Moore in in in, in Bellator. I've got a bunch of them, but. I think they would all agree that Franz Malambo is, is really, really special. He had a great run in Bellator. He beat um, Cage Warrior, ex-Cage Warriors world champion, I think two of them on, on, on his Bellator run. Had a freakish fight against uh, Ricky um, Banderas. Bandejas. I'm saying that right. Bande- Bandejas. Yeah. Um, you know, round one, I challenge anybody to watch that. It was going very well. Round two, he caught a kick and got knocked out. It was an amazing shot from Ricky. Well done. Ricky's an alternative for this eight-man tournament, so we could get the rematch. Um, but until then, I think Franz was shown uh, his ability. I'm very confident of him in this eight-man tournament. If he wins it, that'd be three fights. He would be nine and one, or eight and one, nine and one, I think, in his last 10 fights. Mostly stoppages. A 135-er with genuine one-punch knockout power. Hits like a train. Um, struggle a bit with the grappling early on, but now he's developed this incredible uh, power guillotine game that he either knocks them out or they shoot in and he hits this power guillotine. Very exciting fighter. So looking forward to seeing him uh, this weekend. And then, yeah, you know, just the weekend there, we had two of our up-and-coming amateurs, Jordan Fury, yeah. 
you know, a big knockout guy, incredible power, southpaw, big left hand, big left high kick, and he got his first submission win. Again, it happened within two minutes. And then uh, Young Blessed, um, he won the featherweight belt, I think it was, featherweight or lightweight belt, um, against a very tough guy from Team Rhino, my old Roy Valandi Ryan that we'll be sharing the mat with soon enough. Um, so look, we're in a, and I, you know, Dave Roach, my, my, um, my co uh, head coach for the MMA team, he's done incredible this last year. So we're expecting 22 to be our busiest year yet. Amateur team is flying. We've got a bunch of pros uh, just kind of beginning that journey, you know, 2 and 0, 3 and 0. Um, Asael, uh, one of the best strikers I've ever seen in MMA. He had a great win there recently on UAE Warriors. He's back in UAE Warriors early January. So, yeah, we're hitting the ground running early next year. Uh, Johnny Walker, I think we've just agreed to fight with him in the first quarter of next year. And uh, we'll see him back in there as well. So, yeah, look, I got to my breath here. Second quarter. I, passion. I think the notorious one is back. So, you know, we've a, a very busy 22. I love the passion that you still have for the team, for the youngsters, for, for the sport. Um, I want more people when we clip out this video, like we clip out every interview, I want more people to click on it so that they learn about Ian's situation and the auction and the super seminar. So I'll end, you know, you didn't put it to your credit. You didn't put any restrictions on this interview. I know you wanted to come talk about the, uh, the cause and I'm happy to talk about it for three hours, but just so we can get more people to click on this, who do you want Connor to fight in his return? Because then we can get people. You get you get what I'm trying to do, right? The brother, link to, brother, I know the game. You see I know what I'm doing? You on. see what I'm doing? John? Not, not my first barbecue, and I, I knew you would do it uh, subtly. I knew you would do it subtly. That was actually the opposite so, of subtle. If I'm being, I was like laying all the cards. <laughs> but I'm telling you my intentions. I couldn't care less about the fight stuff. There's nothing more important than this young man's health, and I and I hope you know that I'm sincere in saying that. I uh, know. I I 100 know. But uh, look. Let's pose the question, and then you can clip it to start there, and then I'll, I'll give my answer. John, everyone's looking forward to the return of Conor McGregor. We know he's still nursing the injury, getting back to 100%. If it was up to you, who does he fight in his highly anticipated return? Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, uh, the, the Nate Diaz trilogy is, is very, very tempting. Um, it's a fight that gives me nightmares. The man doesn't stop coming forward for whether it's three rounds or five rounds, but it's an intriguing fight. So that one is definitely very interesting, but also the Tony Ferguson one. Um, I, I, it never happened. It was talked about a lot. Um, Tony still has, uh, I believe, a lot to offer the game. He's very unorthodox striker, grappler. Um, I think the, the buildup would be, would be fun for the fans. Um, so, you know, any of those kind of legacy guys, um, but, but look, the, that division is killer. You've, you know, you've your Dan Hooker's in there. Um, the Islam fight would be would be amazing as well hmm. for obvious reasons. Um, and we have, you know, wh whoever's going to win this belt uh, coming up in – that's very soon, right? That's how the fight is in the next – this Saturday. Oh, my God. So, you know, look, any of those names, uh, I'm just excited to see Connor back, you know, healthy, training. I wondered – what would happen after this injury? It's a long road back to recovery. The boy, it's not a secret. He's got a couple of quid in the bank. He could obviously go off and, and live in an island and play on his yacht for the rest of his life. But I have not seen 1% drop in his incredible drive and desire 
and passion and interest in the sport. I've said it to you many times. I've said it to everybody that it's when you truly, if you can get rid of money problems, you really find out what it is you're passionate about because, you know, you'll only do something you really enjoy. He's still in the gym all day, every day. He's still, we're still chatting about fighting techniques all day, every day. He's still talking about getting that belt again all day, every day. What can you conclude from this? He loves fighting. He loves mixed martial arts. He loves competition. So let's let's get back healthy. Let's get back training. And let's go on a run in 22. And uh, I'm sure there's some people there with steam coming out of their ears that he's coming back for that belt. But I'm sorry to upset you. He's coming back there for that belt. So give me your best shot on Twitter. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That was perfect. What a promo there from John. I love this. This is great. Uh, we should do these more often, John. Don't be so shy. It's great to have you on the show. You know, I was I was nervous about coming on, so I had a double espresso, and I I, could... I think I might have overshot the mark a little bit. <laughs> no, please. A triple next time would be great. I mean, I just want to see how far we can go. Again, most importantly... <laughs> Uh, go to the GoFundMe. It's everywhere. I have tweeted about it. Uh, John has tweeted about it. And those boots right there, worn by the great Conor McGregor in the lead up to the historic Floyd Mayweather fight, will be auctioned off as of next week. The date was uh, the 14th, he said. One more time for that that link, if I if I could just repeat it for the world. Uh, TMGSportsMemorabilia.com on the 14th. I will repost it. John will repost it. I'm sure Connor will as well. It goes to Boxing Day the 26th, and all the proceeds will go to getting Ian Cochran to walk again. Much respect, John, and uh, we'll also promote the uh, December 18th Super Seminar being put on by you and the rest of the Irish MMA community. So great to talk to you. I wish it wasn't under these uh, circumstances, but much respect for what you guys are doing, and uh, we will try our best to get that number up to uh, 74K as well. We're going to do it. Thank you very much, Ariel. All right, there he is, John Cavanaugh. Like I said, coming on to uh, talk about a very worthy cause. I hope he has uh, a quadruple shot of espresso the next time he is on the program. That was great stuff from John. And uh, please, if you can, even if it's $10, uh, $5, $15, um, New York Rick mentioned Ian, I believe it was last week on the show or two weeks ago. Um, But in any event, we spoke about him. I've tried to shine a light. Severe MMA has done a fantastic job of shining a light. My friend Pizzi has done a fantastic job. Uh, you know, these tragedies fortunately don't happen too often in the world of MMA slash BJJ, but it has happened. And that is a very tight knit community. And it's a community that we all think very fondly of a community that has produced some of the greatest moments of the past decade in MMA. Uh, and so it's great to see them all come together. It's great to see Connor getting involved. He donated a very large sum. You could see it on the GoFundMe. It's right up there for the world to see Great to see John getting involved. Wasn't even one of his fighters, wasn't even in his gym. But to see them all come together, to put that up for auction, to put on the seminar, just uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful to see. The MMA community is a big one, but it's also a very tight-knit one. Um, and I'm not just talking about the Irish MMA community, the global MMA community, the global jiu-jitsu community. And uh, I'd like to think we look out for our own. Um, and so I, I will do my part, and I hope you can as well. And uh, now that they're at 44-ish K euro, they could get to 74 and he could get to Germany. To get that surgery, uh, that would be an incredible, incredible holiday miracle. So there it is again. Just Google, let's get Ian walking again. And that page will come up. There's the GoFundMe page, gofundme.com slash let's-get-ian-walking-again. 
or just Google Let's Get Ian Walking Again, and that will come up. So thank you very much to John for doing that. And uh, I can't imagine what that scene is going to be like at that seminar with all those people coming by. And especially I saw Connor mention on uh, on Twitter that he might be stopping by. I hope they got security there. My heart goes out to Ian and his family. Uh, I can't imagine what they're going through, but uh, I wish them the best and hopefully we can get this, uh, we can get this done for him. So um, please do check that out. And uh, again, on the 14th, if you can uh, contribute, if you want those shoes, I wonder what those will go for. Famous shoes from the Mayweather fight will be pretty damn good. Um, all right. In a matter of moments, uh, being told that they are, what is this? Oh, okay. Uh, I'm being told that they're running a little bit behind. By the way, I just want to mention, uh, the reason why we started this show a little bit late is because I would have sworn all my life that I was on the verge of throwing up just seconds before the show. And I mentioned to Frank, I feel like if we just start the show, I will forget about my nausea. And we almost made it to the end, Frank. How do you feel about that? I think you did a good job. I'm pretty sure. I mean, like, if I could give myself the old Barry Horowitz here, and I hope I'm not about to jinx myself. I mean, I was pretty... It, it, I don't know what it was. I think it was my lunch. I don't want to say where I ate, but uh, something hit me. And, uh, yeah, I'm actually quite shocked that we made it this far, Frank. I don't yeah, know about I mean, you. you. You sound more lively now. I, I did not sound good. It was the first time in my life where I thought to myself, I don't know if I could talk for the next three to four hours. I just don't know if I could do it. But uh, I think it was the power of the carpenter, uh, Clay Guida, coming on with that energy, followed by Sergio Pettis. A lot of good vibes today, right? Followed by Chris Curtis, followed by Sean O'Malley getting his hair did, followed by the great, the sweet Felicia Spencer, and, and then the good vibes from John Cavanaugh. I think they helped put me over the edge. And I think getting this big exclusive up next on the program definitely got me uh, reinvigorated as well. And so to recap, as we said at the very top of the show, unfortunately, uh, the bad news broke earlier this morning. I believe it was the Manchester Evening News that first reported it. Uh, The highly anticipated grudge match between Tommy Fury and Jake Paul scheduled for December 18th in Tampa, Florida. Amelie Arena is no more. And out of nowhere, boom, there's the chosen one, Tyron Woodley. He's back. And they're going to run it back on the same date at the same arena in the same town. It's going to be Tyron Woodley versus Jake Paul two, uh, once again on Showtime pay-per-view December 18th, less than two weeks from now. And how about this? We've got the aforementioned problem child, Jake Paul, I do believe joining us right now. There he is not in a pool, not wearing a pineapple hat but still here nonetheless. Jake, how are you? Man, I'm doing all right. You know, I, I'm a little upset. Uh, you know, I don't get how grown men can be such bitches uh, pulling out of fights like this. I really wanted to knock the Brit out and make him the laughing stock of the internet. Uh, but I think he saw that coming. He cracked under pressure, and I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed, you know? Uh, could I ask you, Jake, and by the way, is Nikisa joining us as well or no more? Um, I don't think so. Okay, I, I was given I, a, I was given a word, but uh, obviously, uh, great to have you on. When did you first find out that this fight was in jeopardy? Uh, I found out Friday morning. It was like sort of one of those horrific 
Friday, like morning calls, like emergency, call me ASAP, blah, blah. And uh, that's when it sort of all unfolded. And immediately I was just really, really pissed off. But I knew that we had to keep this event alive. And I was like, I'll fight anybody. It doesn't really matter to me. And Nikisa uh, spoke with Tyron shortly thereafter. And he was immediately down. And less than 24 hours later, we uh, had a signed contract. And when were you told that the Fury fight was officially off? Was uh, it like late, it was the, it was on Friday. Yeah, some at some point during Friday. On okay. Friday. So you initially um, get the call that it's in jeopardy, and then later on that day, you're told it's off. Yep. And uh, he put out a statement earlier today saying that uh, he suffered a broken rib and a chest infection. Is that what you heard as well? So originally, it was just like a chest infection that we had known of. Uh, and then the broken rib thing, they like threw in there last minute. So, you know, I, I really don't know. The whole entire thing seems shady. He lied about uh, the, the press conference in Las Vegas. He said his mom was sick so that he had to fly home, uh, which wasn't true at all. Uh, Tyson Fury has a history of pulling out of, of fights. He's pulled out of five fights. The family is just sketchy. I feel like something else is going on over there that they don't want to say or they're not as confident or he wasn't having a good camp or whatever it was. Uh, it, it just sucks, man. It, I've fought with a broken nose. I've fought sick. Uh, last fight against Tyron, I had a hyperextended elbow. The, the show goes on. And if you're really a fighter, you're going to fight through those things. Um, the story about his mother, how do you know that she wasn't sick? Uh, it, it was it was an excuse for him to leave, leave the country. and. They basically, you don't hear anything of it after that and didn't even spend time with her. wasn't like near her, immediately went into camp and was training the next day uh, with Tyson on Twitter, you know, posting up these random videos. Um, so, you know, it's it just bullshit. Speaking of training with Tyson, uh, some footage has reemerged of them training where it seems like Tyson is attacking those ribs. I think we might have the footage here. Uh, he's attacking those ribs with um, like a medicine ball uh, quite vigorously. Have you seen this footage? And do you think that that might be the culprit for his injury? Uh, I have. I have. I've seen the footage. And, you know, who knows? Who knows? It's very possible. It's very possible that that could break a rib for sure. Uh, and, and you've heard stories about that. You know, even when I do that drill, uh, we're a little bit careful and take some precautions because you hear stories about fighters getting injured while doing, while trying to work on their apps with that exact drill. So who, who knows what really happened and all of it sort of seems shady. Um, and so was there any consideration on your part to, because of the, the buildup and the somewhat bad blood to wait, to do this in January or February, just to postpone the date, but have him as your next opponent. Did you consider that at all? Yeah. It was a, it was a option, right? It was a thought. And I was just like, no, we, we, we have to do this December 18th and I'm ready to fight. I've been in training camp uh, for three, almost three months now. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let this slip through the cracks and, Tyron is still a huge fight. It's still a harder fight, and I didn't knock him out. So for me, it's just as exciting because I get to go into there and prove to people that I can make corrections 
um, you know, based off of my last fight because I had a good fight, whatever I won, but there's a lot of things that I could have done better. And that's what we worked on in this camp, changed up a lot of things, brought in a nutritionist. Uh, so just have been elevating my game with every single fight. And I'm excited to show that. And I wanted to make sure that everyone on the undercard uh, was still getting paid. You know, a lot of these fighters are living paycheck to paycheck. Um, so Amanda Serrano was there as the co-main event, a uh, ton of other amazing guys, Liam Perro. So I wanted the show to go on and was willing to do anything to make that happen. Uh, before I ask you about Tyron, just want to read you a quick quote here from Tyson Fury from that media day a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he said this to, uh, is it the, the, Lund- the lowdown? He said this to the lowdown. Uh, quote, he could probably turn up with broken ribs, a broken left hand, two left feet, his clothes on his back to front and with the flu and still beat Jake Paul. I have to say, Jake, that's end quote. Uh, I'm worried, <laughs> given your, uh, your abilities to uh, use the internet, I am worried about what's coming to the Furies now, given all this footage that we have. Like, you're going to have a field day with this quote right here. I mean, like, you couldn't script this any better for you. you I mean, you must. It, the content factory must be working. I mean, this this stuff is like a softball down the middle for you guys. <laughs> no, 100%. And that's what goes to show that they're just a bunch of bitches. Like, they say these things publicly, but don't back it up. When I say something, I mean it. So they're out there in the media just making stuff up and, I tweeted out that video the other day. I said, I smell cap. You know, I, I knew he was pulling out of the fight. Um, and the fact that he went on camera to say that, but is not going to follow through on it is just tells all. Um, and this is such a bad look for Tommy. You know, he, he missed out on the biggest opportunity of his life and really truly is Tommy fumbles now. Uh, will you consider like, if all goes well against Tyron, would you like to consider fighting him after? Like, is he still next or are you done with him now? I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. You know, for me, I almost don't want to give him the opportunity. And let's say I do. Let's say I get over the emotional part of it. And I'm like, okay, I'll give him this opportunity. Who knows if he's going to back out or have some excuse then or have a chest infection or not show up at the press conference, you know, so it's looking bad for him. And part of me wants to just be cynical and not ever give him this payday or this opportunity ever again. Uh, Also, one last thing. Could I just ask about him? um, Speaking of press conferences, how did you feel? It got a little weird there. The last one. I mean, it was entertaining seeing you in the pool, but his dad said some things about your girlfriend uh, that it was a little uncomfortable to hear that. And I can almost sense that Tommy was uncomfortable hearing his father talk about a woman like this. Uh, did you feel like it crossed? I saw BT sport put out a statement about it. Did you feel like they crossed the line or maybe his father crossed the line afterwards? I, I, no, I mean, I, I personally didn't care at all. And again, it's all entertainment and there's nothing that anybody could say that will affect me. So for me, it is what it is. Uh, you know, the guy was in prison for 11 years. Um, so, you know, they just shouldn't let someone like that on stage with the microphone. Uh, he's, a, he's a lunatic and it's clear as day. But I was excited to beat his son up for sure. Okay, so now we get to Tyron. Was he the only one considered? Um. 
the, you know, there was thoughts, there, there was random thoughts, but the first phone call was to him mm-hmm. and he immediately was like, yeah, I've been training. He was supposed to have a fight in January. So he's in shape. So it makes perfect sense for him. You know, it's Tyron's lucky day, right? He gets another massive payday and he gets the opportunity or the chance to avenge himself. And you, you said on Twitter earlier this morning, you will pay him $500,000 out of your own pocket if he stops you. Why? You know, there's rumors going around, uh, you know, that everyone sort of has come to believe that like my fights are rigged or that I don't have, uh, or I, I don't allow my opponents to knock me out in the contracts. And it's just not true. It's completely bullshit. Um, of course, anyone, all these people are going to do is try to discredit me because when you're at the top, that's what happens. Uh, so I just want to nip the rumors in the butt and give my opponent contractually. I'm giving Tyron an extra $500,000 if he can knock me out. So it just nips the rumors in the butt and shows people that all of my fights have been real, are real, and will continue to be real. Um, it's illegal to, to rig a fight or to stage a fight. It's illegal to have things like that uh, because it's fraud and there's outcomes. You can't change the outcome of a professionally sanctioned bout. It's illegal. You end up in jail. So the fact that people even say this, we just wanted to squash the rumors. I can't believe that's still a thing. I, I think it actually originated on this show when your old friend Dylan Dennis uh, put that out there. Uh, a ludicrous statement, which I tried my best to squash because, again, I, I don't think Showtime, you, uh, FRM, Tyron, it's just a ridiculous statement. I can't believe people took it. I mean, I, I can't believe people actually believe it. So I guess this is one way of squashing it. Did Dylan get yep. the, the, the call? Maybe you, you called Dylan to step in on two weeks. Ago. Nah, nah. He, he was always in the back of my mind. Like, it would just be fun. But again, he's, he's a fat pig right now. Like, same shit. Lunatic in jail. Doing whatever. Causing ruckuses. Uh, so... Yeah, but I, I would love to not come out. But I think that one's going to happen probably in, in the streets, uh, not not in a ring. Uh, two last things, if I could ask you. I could tell, and maybe I'm reading it incorrectly. Uh, usually, you're pretty jovial. You're you're pretty fired up. It feels like your mood is a little bit down right now. Are, are you like sort of in this grieving process now? Or are you are you kind of bummed and have to? Are you finding that you need some motive? Like you beat this guy already, and uh, you have to now do it again. Do you, do. You, do you feel like you're a little bit down and need a bit of a spark to get going? Cause the fight is in less than two weeks. Um, not, not down. I mean, I, I'm definitely not as, you know, it, it's a grieving process, like you said, and that's a hundred percent what I'm going through. And I've done probably 15 interviews already today. And just to, just to, sit here and like say it over and over and over. I'm just like, God damn it. Like, sorry. I thought, I thought this was an exclusive. I thought it was a one and done with us here, Jake. I'm kidding. Well, you got played. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Uh, People only care about this show anyway. Yeah, no, the MMA hour shout out, but yeah, the, the mood is definitely, the mood is definitely down. Um, but the, the goal stays the same and that's just to go out there and win. And my motivation is to prove to everybody, uh, that I can knock out Tyron and that it wasn't a split decision last time. 
and I'm going to finish it and not leave it up to the judges. We'll move on from there. You know, I'm still getting paid the same. So that's nice. You know, the pay doesn't change. Um, so I have tons of motivation. It just, yeah, just like, fuck. Yeah. Who has more pressure? You to try to prove that you can knock him out or him facing two straight losses to Jake Paul? I can't quite decide. Personally, I think I have way more pressure. You know, it's one of those things, things where he really has nothing to lose. You know, this is a new bag of money for him and he already took the loss to me. So if he takes another one, He's already dealt with those same exact emotions and feelings. So uh, I definitely have way more pressure. And a fighter with nothing to lose is a dangerous fighter. You know, who knows how he's going to come out. I think he's going to be way more wild, way more aggressive because he's going to try and end things early. When do you go to Tampa? I go to Tampa end of this week. Okay. Final message for Tommy Fury. Man, I don't even want <laughs> I don't even want to talk to this guy, you know, like he he he's just an embarrassment. You you let your country down, you let your team down, uh, and, and you let a lot of people who hate me down and you missed out on the biggest opportunity of your life. I think you know that. Appreciate it, Jake. Thank you for doing this. Um, I was told that it was an exclusive, so I'm sorry for asking you probably some of the same questions that other people... By the way, I'm making that up. No one told me it was an exclusive. I just like to think that I'm the only <laughs> game in town. Um, so I even appreciate it more that you would come on and talk about it here live on the program. Good luck to you in the final days of training camp, and I look forward to seeing you out there on December 18th. You know, they said, okay, what do we do to make this fight feel as big as it... You know, it's not going to be in Cleveland. It's oh, we need to get Helwani back. So I've now agreed to come back and kind of prop the whole thing up again. You know, just trying to do my amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing. Let's go. <laughs> Thank awesome, you, man. See you there. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. There he is. Jake Paul, the uh, problem child, uh, kind enough to join us after what has uh, no doubt been a very, uh, I would say strenuous and hectic day for him. Tyron Woodley getting that shot. How about it? The chosen one getting a chance to right the wrong of this past August. A lot of pressure. I do not believe for a second. There is not a shred of doubt in my mind. I don't know what just happened there, but whatever happened actually got the buzzing away. I don't know if you noticed that, Frank, but whatever you did was great. There is not a shred of doubt in my mind. That the, oh, now it's back. Uh, that there was any sort of deal on the table to avoid any kind of knockout, knockdown. I mean, that's just... I, you, the fact that you guys fell for that, you guys fell for that from Dylan Dennis, blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. The fact that you guys fell for that. Absolute nonsense. And so we'll find out in less than two weeks. I kind of feel like there's more pressure on Tyron's shoulder now. You you cannot lose twice to this guy. You can't. I didn't feel like August 20, what was it, the 28th was a legacy fight for Tyron after everything he accomplished in MMA. I kind of feel like this is. As I said after the fight, I don't think it was going to be. I think I think unfortunately the way he looked in the fight and the finish of the fight will always be attached to Ben Askren's career. I thought Tyron did well enough, went the distance, all that stuff, and his pro boxing debut to where it would be a footnote. 
if he loses twice and if he gets knocked out, I think that item moves to the top of the bio. So that is December 18th. Thank you very much to uh, Jake and his team for getting him on the program at the last minute. All right. Uh, two more items to get to. GC's picks. First, though, we do have to check in with our good friend, uh, New York Rick, the aforementioned New York Rick, who made a brief cameo earlier in the program. Thanks to everyone who has stopped by. Thanks to my belly for, uh, you know, not acting up and being a good soldier. Without further ado, time now for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time. And now it's time to open up your ears and your minds, MMA fans. It's time for Rick's Picks. Rick's yeah. Picks. Rick's Picks are lots of fun, and his hair is in a bun, because it's, you already know what it is. Rick's Picks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's the moment you've all been waiting for. It's the new craze taking the world by storm. Yes. Live from the Vox Studios in beautiful New York City, it's time for Rick's Picks. Okay. Um, Mr. New York Rick, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Oh, my dear. That was a uh, an echo situation. Was that why we heard the buzzing earlier there, Frankie? Say something now. Stand Check. Uh-oh. It's back. This is my fault also. I take all the blame because we didn't get a chance to really do a rehearsal earlier. Um, I'm never going to make that mistake again. Oh, I think it might be better now. Let's hear it. Okay, now we don't hear you at all. How about now? Uh, I think it's still an I echo. I need a second for the echo, but you guys tried to make do in the meantime. Okay, it's just for us. It's not for the audience? Correct. or Okay. Uh, wow, seeing this news coming through here, Rashad Evans and Tyrone Spong. Whoa, Tyrone Spong versus Bigfoot Silva? Yeah. What do you know about this? What do you mean, what do I know about that? Well, I don't look at Twitter for the last three hours, and I see Rashad Evans and Tyrone Spong yeah, fighting at Eagle it, FC. It's been reported that that will be um, the main event, I believe, and uh, the return of Rashad Evans. So they're loading up uh, Eagle FC's uh, return, or, or debut, rather. Sorry, not return. Um, debut on U.S. Uh, soil. Yes, now the echo is gone, by the way. Thank you very much. Yes, Eagle FC, the uh, promotion... Uh, co-founded, I believe, by Habib Nurmagomedov is going to make yep. its uh, Miami, Florida slash USA debut on January 28th. And they're going to have uh, up to 10 events in 2022 in America. Of course, they've been a mainstay over in Russia. Uh, and now here we have some news that Rashad Evans and Tyrone Spong are going to be a part of that card. So uh, Rashad Evans, a, a dominance guy yep. uh, fighting on a dominance client's card. That's good. I mean, this could be a Spong good opportunity. Spong is a dominance guy too. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is going to be a great uh, opportunity for those guys. Well, I mean, if uh, if Rashad Evans is getting the itch and... Now, who's Rashad fighting? I don't think that's been... Oh, has not booked an opponent here. I'm reading this yeah. uh, story from Damon Martin and May Fighting. Uh, it's going to be at 205 pounds. That's interesting because like Rashad looks like he's 170 pounds these days. I don't know if you've seen him, but he yeah, is, he is very, very thin. slim and trim. But uh, yeah, I mean... It's probably in an effort to not have to cut a ton of weight, which good, good yeah. shot. I think he should come back, make himself comfortable in his uh, return. And it seemed like you know every conversation with him was kind of leading in the direction of this. So um, here it is, and honestly, this is probably the right move. This is the this is a good place for him to be. By the way, uh, if you can answer that question that I just posed to no one in particular, a rhetorical question that I posed is that a rhetorical? Not really. Um, who does have more pressure? on their shoulders, December 18th. 
Do you think now, do you think it's Jake who has to prove that that wasn't a fluke or that it wasn't rigged and all that nonsense? But I don't think Jake has to prove it wasn't rigged, by the way. Okay. It is a, it's crazy how many people have asked me about that. Yeah. But any, anything he does is going to, everything. Yeah. I saw already like, oh, of course Tyron's going to win now so that they can have the trilogy. Set up the trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Me, like, Um, just the notion that the only money fight for Jake Paul is Tyron Woodley is bizarre in its own right. Um, I think the stakes are higher for Tyron Woodley still. I agree. I agree. Uh, for one simple reason, which is Jake Paul is going to make money if he continues boxing, uh, no matter what happens on December 18th. Um, if he does lose trilogy fights there, he could also fight Tommy Fury. He could pull Dylan Dennis out of wherever he is. Um, Tyron Woodley, if he loses his fight, his stock takes a major this is tough hit this is a this is a bad one to come back from so and then again maybe he doesn't continue fighting after that maybe he's maybe this well, is there the was that dan hardy fight that was being talked about for march there is and, that and yeah. jake paul said that he he heard that tyron woodley had a fight in <laughs> lined up yes. in january so well he was talking to triad combat too so he was t- you know he was in the kit he was in the ring there yeah he was he was on the broadcast um talking yes. about you know wanting to to fight there so it would be bad for Tyron Woodley. So I think the the pressure is still on him. Jake Paul, I don't I don't feel like he really has a ton of pressure. He almost in, this, in this, this is almost career. like a mulligan it's thing. It's a free roll for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, that's a free what I roll mean. for him. Mulligan um, would be something where you get to do it again. Uh this would be almost like like, a like Tyron like Woodley, Woodley, you mean. Yes, got yes. A, got a mulligan. But you know like it's like yes, a, fr- a free roll whatever, a free pass. Yeah. Even if he stumbles, he could still go back to the first one. I don't know. I'm He's, this this is all fa- found money free roll whatever right. you want to call it he, there's not a lot of pressure on him now granted i think stepping into a into a boxing ring with another professional um there's always look let's you know let's call this what this is tyron woodley is a, is a long time uh pro in combat sports not boxing in particular but long time pro in combat sports there is pressure of your of your livelihood there is pressure of of your personal well-being uh that is always on the line and i don't think jake paul gets excluded from that uh but in terms of the stakes of the direction of his career and all those things i do think he is a little bit in a bubble there he doesn't re- really need this are you more excited or interested in the fight because it's woodley the mma guy or more interested than than fury yeah um no, because it's a, it's a, it would have been a fresh matchup with Fury. Right. Um, we saw this fight. Uh, so, no, I would have been more interested in Fury. I think this potentially will do better attention and, and promotion-wise. This one? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I don't think Tommy brought a lot. I think the, the best think part of that UK, press conference was— I think in the UK it was a bigger deal. Perhaps. Perhaps, well, I mean, he's but, a bigger deal because of the reality show and because of his last name, because of his father, because of his half brother. But here in America, well, the one are, thing they're going to get is more MMA media covering this. For sure. Do we know that Tommy Fury is a huge draw? He's not sold anything. Like in the I'm UK, not, he's a big draw. Is he? Man, uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Is he? I don't. By the know. Way, I saw someone. I think it was uh, Jason Floyd on Twitter posted the seating chart of Amelie. Damn, there's not a lot of tickets left. Like, it's a random place to have a Jake Paul. He has no ties to Tampa yep. whatsoever. Neither does Tommy Fury. There was just, like, a smattering of blue dots on that thing, which is pretty damn impressive. Like, for everything that people say about that guy, oh, he pretty can draw. damn incredible. That, that we know. Um, but no, I, I'm not convinced that Tommy Fury was was a known quantity. I, I, don't, I don't know it. I'd have had to see it. This would have been good uh, proof, of, proof of that, but probably more banking on Jake Paul there. Um, but no, I would have been more excited for it as a fresh matchup, but I do think this does better business, honestly. Yeah. Uh, pretty good on their part to get ahead of this. You know, usually someone falls out, there's rumors, well, like they had it all tied up in one fell swoop. 
not only that, but you got to give a ton of credit to Jake Paul for saying, I'll take Tyron Woodley yeah. on short notice. And you got to give a ton of credit to Tyron Woodley for saying, put me back in there. Yeah. You know, look, everybody's going to say, oh, it's a huge payday. You know, th- th- of course they'll do it. Not everybody does that. No. Um, so Especially you, when you, you climb have, the mountain once and you're like, whew, thank God. I just beat well, a former UFC champion. I don't have to do that again. For sure. And Jake Paul could have very easily said, delay the fight. Let's do Tommy Fury. Let's do it at a later date. He said, no, just give me Tyron Woodley. Next guy up. Um, next call. And Tyron Woodley answered the call and said, let's do it. So uh, I, I credit both of them. I tell you who it reminds me a lot of. Who's that? <laughs> do you want everyone's heads to uh, collectively yeah, explode? Let, let's hear who this reminds you it's of. It's very reminiscent of a prime 2015. Do you know who I'm about to say? Yeah, of course I know who you're about to say. <laughs> Would you like to say the words? <laughs> do we want everyone, do we want all the hate to just pour in? It's very reminiscent of Connor. Yeah. Um, it, it is to an extent, but um, I think the only difference- in that shit comes their way and they're like, whatever, you know, yeah. most people the, would the, wait. The, the Connor story of, you know, he woke Ted up Mendes, and said, yeah. whoever it is, just put him in there. Yeah. Um, the, uh, slightly different for the circumstances, but I understand where you're going with that. And and I agree. Like they, they know that the show is, they are the show, right? They, they recognize that like this, this ship doesn't go without them. They are the show and they are here to put on a show and they're, they're there to make a lot of money. Um, and they're going to do that at no matter what the, the cost. Um, and Jake Paul is, is in that position where he knows that this show hinges on him, not as much Tommy Fury. He's he's going to make this show go on. All right, what do we got? Rick's picks. What do we have? Yeah, Rick's have? picks. Um, a bit of a longer one here, but oh I, wow, I grouped a few together, um, and then I, and then I had some individual shoutouts. Rick's picks. Uh, Rick's number one pick for this week: the comeback. <laughs> I like the that comeback. you're referring to yourself in third person. Yeah, the comeback. Okay, the comeback. Uh, Sergio Pettis against Kyoji oh. Horiguchi. Yeah. Spike, Car- Spike Carlisle versus Dan Moret. Mm-hmm. Play Guida, Leonardo Santos. Uh, it was a great weekend for comebacks. And, yeah. Uh, and being down in a fight and showing the resiliency uh, to, to withstand, the, to weather the storm um, and, and finish the fight. So shout out to, to all three of those comebacks. Favorite comeback. Uh, of this weekend or just in general? Are you asking me like... No, 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 not, in, not of all time, of the um, ones this weekend, because there were some pretty damn good ones. Spike yeah, was a great to, one. You have to go Pettis. Pettis, yeah. Uh, I mean, that was... Absolutely. It was like a knife through butter. It, it was also, so quick. I think the other fighters were closer to getting finished, right? Like, they, they were being dominated more. I'd say Horiguchi was was dominating that fight, but it, but it didn't seem like he was close to finishing Pettis. Yeah. The other ones were were close to getting finished. But uh, this, this the, the way he turned that around... Um, it's hard. It's hard to pick anything other than that. Amazing moment. Did you see that Caposa clip? Yes. The Yor- practicing <laughs> it. Yeah. No, no, oh, no. Oh, oh. Yo Romero against Feijal. Sorry, my mind went to the one, and, I, and maybe it wasn't Caposa who posted that one, but practicing uh, Pettis had had uh, done that in training. Yeah. Um, but yes, it has happened before in the Romero fight. Um, and if I remember correctly, I said this to somebody, and I forget who it was, but I believe Nate Marquardt did it in in that crazy like Tekken sequence he had back in the day. Oh. Uh, but I don't know if it was the exact finishing blow. I think it was part of it. Um, I could have looked back and watched it, but lazy me didn't. It wasn't Monday afternoon. I only show up for for uh, sure. Monday afternoons. Of course. Um, but I believe in part of the Tekken sequence, uh, Nate Marquardt missed it and then and then also threw the back fist. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, Beltor, I love the fact that they're doing this tournament. That's a great group of talent. Yes. The 135ers, the Grand Absolutely. Prix. One of them may come up later in the show. Okay, sorry. Or okay. this segment, sorry. Okay, please, please. Uh, also, another grouping, the veterans. The veterans, 
for getting it done. Jose Aldo, Clay Guida, mm. um, just continuing to be uh, staples. But on, not only that, but just continuing to to fight at a high level. Um, so so kudos to both of them. Um, uh, you mentioned the the potential fears around Jose Aldo's weight cut to bantamweight. He has since put those very far in the rear view mirror. Do you remember that? Of course. You remember that buildup? I remember that that day, that that media day was, was UFC the, 245. The Colby Covington. It was so awkward standing next to him. I think he was yeah. wearing a leather jacket, if my memory serves me correct, and sunglasses. Put up, right? Yeah, yeah. And he was so frail. He looked he looked like death. Yeah, well, the, I, I think everybody has thought of him as a big featherweight for, throughout his career. So there mm. was obvious concern about him dropping down to bantamweight, but he assuaded that and has turned into a, a, a second career. Uh, he, he has put in a lot of time um, and, and made himself a viable uh, title challenger. So shout out to Jose Aldo. Uh, people forget he's only 35 years old because he's had 38 fights and so many in the, in the UFC and WEC, but only 35 years old and um, continuing to get it done at a, at a super high level. Mm. And then Clay Guida turning 40 in, mm. in a few days, two days, I believe, 58 total fights. Uh, shout out to those dudes. All right, here's here's the individual shout-outs. I'll try and run through them quickly. Raphael Fiziev, uh, yes. incredible win, but also just like what a character. Yes. We're, we're lucky to have a, a funny character like him. If you've never seen his Instagram videos of doing unconventional workouts and funny things like that, he's funny there. Um, but also he knows how to get attention. Um, you know, call-outs of Hezbollah and, uh, and Vince Vaughn. Um, can, I, can I break the fourth wall for a second? Yeah, you could. Go ahead. I mean, I had a all, feeling you'd go there. That's all Syed. I got to yeah. give props to Syed, who's one of the best in the <laughs> game. By the way, one of the best managers in the game as well. Can I just read you? I, I, I actually wrote this down because I had a feeling this would come up. Um, he's the guy who's in there with Piotr Jan, but he was in there throughout that entire um, yeah. card in Abu Dhabi with all the Russian fighters there. Just give me three seconds here. I'm scrolling up. Here we go. Um, Piotr Jan, Fiziev, Shavkat, Arman Tarukian, Movsar, Damir. I mean, that is quite the, uh, the list nice of fighters. Yeah. And, uh, he's the one, he, who does he remind me of in that sense? Like there's, I mean, with all due respect to Raphael, I don't know if he knows swingers and Vince Vaughn <laughs> very clearly that way, but that's, that's a having a good maybe. guy by your side yeah. who knows that a moment will then maybe get out there and break through and Vince Vaughn and Hasbulla. So you got to give a shout out to Syed for yeah, that. Yeah, and you can even see it transparently happening in the cage where yes. he's telling him what to say. It and it still, it still works. Yeah, so, it still works. yeah, sh- shout out to, to him for, for having the, the uh, foresight to do that. Okay. I mentioned a name from that uh, Bellator Bantamweight tournament may come up. Rafion Stotts. Uh, oh, shout out to that God. guy. What, what that a, interview was great. Are you talking about the interview? I'm talking about all of it. Yeah. Let's be real. Like, uh, He's he, first of all, he's a great fighter. Um, I, I wrote this down here. Lone losses to Marab uh, Valashvili uh, at Ring of Combat local uh, East Coast show, um, and since then nine in a row. Uh, Keith Lee, Josh Hill, Magomed Magomedov. Like the dude has put together um, a really nice run here at bantamweight. But beyond what's happening in the cage, uh, just hilarious. It was great. Was great on the broadcast as you alluded to the video of him. Uh, cornering Archuleta and Patchy Mix uh, backstage before um, they all came out. Hilarious. Um, so the taco meat? Yeah. You know what he's talking about? The taco meat? Yeah, the, the chest hair. Yeah, I never heard that yeah. before. Oh, that's... You heard that? Yeah, I've never heard that line. Yeah. It was incredible. He was so comfortable up there. You know, sometimes they bring up these guys on that desk. You know how I feel about the desk, but sometimes they bring it up and it's like, oh, God, this yeah. dude is like, I want more of that guy. 
charisma for days. Put him up there. Get rid of some 41. <laughs> <laughs> Rough. Okay. We're, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to no sell that. 14 tweets now. Yeah. We're, I'm going to no sell that so we can move on from that. But Rafi on stats. And also, um, I thought he had some good replies on Twitter. Archuleta was kind of going back and forth with him about fighting Pettis. And I think he handled that super, super well. Um, just, just good charisma, good character, great fighter. Um, looking forward to seeing him. And then uh, last two. Um, I, I saved these two for last because they were guests of the program today, but uh, action man Chris Curtis. Uh-huh. Six six dubs in 2021. Everybody has heard at this point ad nauseum the retirement twice in one PFL uh, night story. Um, but how about turning it around for for six dubs in 2021? 6-0. Um, shout out to the action man. Just I mean, what a another, another character too. We were talking about the charisma. They're talking about the character. Another one who, who has it in spades. Um, but uh, six wins in 2021 and oh they're not all in the UFC two of them were in the UFC which were huge upsets by the way like you know he's coming yeah. in on short notice as as an underdog in both of these fights and gets them done against uh, two people who would be considered prospects um, for the UFC four wins outside the UFC um, hell I could see him fighting another time if the UFC gives him an opportunity and needs somebody on short notice so shout out to the action man what a what a run he's made what a what a run he's made in 2021 and making the most of an opportunity here incredible and then last one farewell to Felicia Spencer congratulations on retirement your gal I wish we had that Let's, clip. I feel like you always over overestimate what? this. You did. Listen. You were I, the first I never heard of Felicia Spencer. You used to do you were working for Invicta uh, doing you were working uh, for like a PR company that yep. was a client of Invicta. So you would Correct. go to all these random Kansas City, Kansas events. Yep. I didn't know who Felicia Spencer was. And I remember you coming. Why do I remember this? Why do I overplay? There are not a lot of Montreal fighters that I sure. haven't heard of. And I didn't hear of her. I didn't know of her because she wasn't yep. like based at TriStar and whatnot. So I want to give you props. This is the I first time it. I'm getting crap for giving someone props. No, but you always, um, you always give, you always rib me about like future champion, this, that, the other. No, um, you, this one time, you actually nailed. Yeah, at the time, uh, a legit featherweight, and I think that that's what her career will be remembered as, as somebody who was a legit featherweight at the time that there weren't many. Um, the the division has always been, you know, for for many years, cyborg versus whoever cyborg versus whoever then all of a sudden amanda nunes comes into the picture and and uh holly holm come into the picture and there becomes some legitimate legitimacy um in the featherweight division um but then amanda nunes clears that out and, and it becomes amanda nunes versus who and felicia spencer was and and megan anderson to her credit as well but felicia spencer was one of those names that was um a legit featherweight contender went the distance with cyborg went the distance with amanda nunes um and is leaving on her own terms, which we don't see a lot. She is saying, look, look, I'm coming off a win and in the prime of my career, and I feel like I can compete, but I'm looking out for my long-term health. I'm looking out for my family. I'm looking out for um, my future and not just what's in front of me now. Um, so shout out to her uh, on a great career and and knowing when to, to walk away um, at the right moment. Yeah, uh, I, I am happy that she clarified because I think initially she used the term mental health, and I think people thought right. it was like, Simone Biles type of situation, yeah. Kevin Love, De- DeMar DeRozan, and others. Um, I'm happy she brain clarified health. that. Yeah, brain health. Um, obviously, equally important. Yeah. But just to, I think people were turning it into something that it wasn't, that she was dealing with stress or unhappy about whatever. And I think she was very clear that she's happy about everything and that she's yeah. content and that she uh, accomplished everything that she wanted to accomplish. And good on her for not telling the coaches, not telling anyone. 
until afterwards. That's uh, that's pretty. What, what a mensch, right? Like saving it for the yeah. the media outlet that you would do the segment with. And shout um, out to fightbananas.com. Shout out to fightbananas, but also to Felicia for having the yeah, wherewithal to think that way. Uh, maybe a future in media thinking like that. Future. I mean, it would be like. Let's say I'm Dan Hooker and I have news to break. Oh, boy. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> I love you. I love you, Dan and Oscar. Pub talk. Listen, I give them the prop. Yeah. But great, I great show. Yeah. Great show. I mean, he was on the show getting all salty about me, about Dan coming on my show. I'm like, listen, come on the show. I wasn't trying to use sir. I have to just throw salt in the moon. Huh? No, I just, I saw the clip. I was like, I, I even wrote on his page. I'm sorry. Because I was, <laughs> I mean, it was very clear that it hurt him. Listen, and uh, and I, thought Dan I don't want a, that smoke. Yeah. And Dan had a great explanation. Look, you know, the. He had a, he called me first. Uh, you know, it's like chatting with your mates. He, yeah. as, as you described it, you're just you're just. I mean, mates. it's episode three. He's been coming on the show for several years. Oh now. God, I mean, here we go. Just saying, wasn't just uh, jumping on the bandwagon when he took a fight on short notice against Islam Machchev. In any event, come on, Oscar, come on. That's it for Rick's picks. That's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not enough. You want more? No, that was a pretty damn good one. Not a lot of B-roll this time. Listen, there was, you know, breaking news this morning. Right, right, right. Uh, there's a there's a lot of things. Navigating all those different names I listed would have yeah. been a bit of a No, you, I actually, I was excited because I was like, oh, you didn't, because usually you put the B-roll, usually I think you did it once now, you put the B-roll like in the same chat that I have access to. Yeah. I like finding if maybe we oh, can do surprise? that on the side. Oh, wow. Now well, we got requirements Well, just maybe here. just like side channel, you know, like why you know do what? I have We'll to work see on that for 2022. All we'll right. work on the, on the, on the back over here. The back, okay. I'm, I have to admit I'm getting a little bit of the, of the rub from you are, uh, Connor here. I don't think it's um, fair. But, uh, yeah, we'll work on the back. I already have an idea for it. It's going to take a little bit to execute. Joe's already been enlisted and wow. he's in. So we'll figure that out. Award um, show coming up as well. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you knew about that. I have it. Yeah. I haven't even thought about it. I know. Uh, that's going to be that's going to be a, a heck of one to to get through. Yes, that's uh, January It's always a beast. 3rd, January yeah. 3rd. The uh now I'm not sure do we go with the MMA Hour Awards or do we now stick with the Hawani? I feel like we just go back, right? Yeah. It's the MMA Hour Awards. I know, but like we changed the name, now we go back. No, no, the name the This is like when the Hornets be- then went to to where did they go? The yes. Hornets went to OK. No. The Hornets uh, Charlotte. No, from New Orleans. Oh, or are you going even back further than that? Well, here's the thing. There was the Charlotte Hornets. Yes. And then the Hornets moved to New Orleans. Yes. Became the New Orleans Hornets. Yeah. Then they became the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah. In the midst of all of that, the Charlotte Bobcats became a new became team. Yeah. Fra- they were an expansion team. Expansion team. franchise, yep. But then once the Pelicans were born and the New Orleans, they became the Charlotte Hornets. And it's always very confusing. Do Is it? Yeah, well, do the Hornets now adopt oh, I see. Bobcats history and the old Hornets, even though the old Hornets lineage is now in New Orleans? And and by the way, do the New Orleans Pelicans adopt the <laughs> New Orleans jazz history, you even know, though they moved to Utah? There's a lot at stake. Thought here. a lot more of this about this <laughs> than anybody who's ever <laughs> who's ever played for any I, of those teams. Do you understand why it's so confusing? In- I understand why it would be so confusing for anybody who gave this much attention <laughs> and energy toward it. Um, nobody else has in the history well, of Well, so now sport. my question is, do we adopt the history? Uh, it's no, the no. same situation. No, 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 no. Is this MMA basically is this like the 10th annual or is it the first annual? Oh, you know, I don't think you start over. No, you don't start over. Come no, on. come on. Come. come on. All right. Thank you very much. We'll see you next Monday. Feel free uh, to come in on Wednesday if you want. No, we'll that's, be here. that's not happening. Uh, see ya. All right, there he is, New York Rick, everyone's 
uh, favorite segment of the week. All right, time now for GC's weekend recap. GC and Hawani, of course, before we get to that... Have you ever heard anything like this before, my friend? Like what? The ad read just now? I mean, it was a tremendous ad read, but if you bet a dollar and a, a, a fighter lands a punch in the main event, Charles Oliveira doesn't probably yeah. win $100? What is that Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just like a promotion to get you to sign up. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I'm sure it's with bonus funds or something like that. It's not like you can, like, you know, put a dollar down and just be able to get that. They're basically just roping you in. I bet it's also on like your first bet with the sports book. Listen, well. don't give them the 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 fine print. <laughs> we want them to sign up and please use the code the MMA hour. MMA hour. Yep, there it is. The we, MMA hour. Yeah, the MMA hour. Uh, I, I think I said that. Did I not say that? That would be weird if I didn't. Uh, what shirt are we wearing there? Is that Slam Magazine? Slam Magazine. Yeah, you wow. know about it. What are you talking about? Do I know about it? I used to have a subscription. Oh, uh, I still do. You still, still have do? one. Yep, wow. still get one every month. What is it like? Same old, same old, man. It's just like a cool basketball magazine. I know, but in this day and age, like magazines are pretty obsolete. I used to love the noise. Do they still do the noise? Yeah, yeah, oh they still God. do it. I used to love the noise. Uh, of course, the infamous, uh, I think it was 90, 1996 draft class one with Iverson. And uh, wait, actually, was that the one that Iverson didn't show up for? Kobe was in it. John Wallace was in it. Stefan Marbury was in it. I think actually Iverson wasn't there. Was my guy Paul Pierce there, my new best friend? Or was that the following year? I don't remember. Anyway, I used to love Slime Magazine. That's pretty cool. What is that, like a free thing that you get with the subscription? No, I bought this. Okay. Yeah, support, supporting the magazine, man, yeah. And uh, thank you for representing Hanukkah. Yeah, last uh, night, you know, get as much as we can out of this menorah, man. Yeah, I guess uh, as of six minutes from now, it's pretty much over, right? Because it was at sundown. Yeah, yeah, six minutes. We can turn it off, take it off. Yeah, but we appreciate you sticking with it. What's on the wall on the right over there? Is that Sean O'Malley? Nope, no Sean O'Malley. It's the newest edition here. We got uh, Khabib, Nate Diaz, McGregor, and uh, Patty the Batty. Where's my that fr- from? My friends over at uh, MMA Penn sent it to me. <laughs> yeah, they, now I'm, I'm just... Now you're accepting I'm, gifts? <laughs> I'm filling up real estate, just like uh, just like you did. Uh, Liverpool-based company. Cool. Yeah, shout out to them, man. They sent them. I actually bought a few. I supported the company, and then they, they sent me some extra ones. There's some in the hallway if you, uh, if you have any interest. Yeah, these are the four they got. Khabib, you know, McGregor, Diaz... Patty the Batty, so it looked really good in person, man. They do. Man, how about Patty making it to that, uh, I mean... Yeah, that upper that echelon. Yeah. Uh, it may be because it's it's a UK-based company. Right, right. Uh, yeah, uh, everyone's in the giving mood. Uh, my friend over at uh, MMA Bobblehead, Dave Manley, just gave me a box of stuff to give to the crew because, you know, there was that awkward thing where I brought some, I gifted it to some members of the team, yeah, yeah. and then two weeks later they were still in the studio, so no one cared, but... He's such a man. I, I brought some for you. I was, you know, everyone was trying to grab at him. I was like, save, save a couple for Ariel. Make the sure pins? You know, he gets his. Yep. Oh, thanks. That's nice of you. Of course, yeah. I know um, you wouldn't do the same for me, though. You know, what are you talking my, about? Why would get my Cormier ornament? Ornament. It's right got, here. You know, I have it I waiting this, for you. I got this. I got the. What'd you, you know, get? Seconds. What'd you get? Now the ornament. Yeah, but the what did you... The OG. Yeah. You, get, you know, you gave it to Joe and Alex, and then they it didn't was, want it. They it discarded was first come, it. So first serve. Like, here you go, <laughs> Hey, you can take this. I mean, you joined the team Re-gifted late. It was when you me. were on hiatus. All right. Excuses. In between gigs. Okay, what do we got? What do we got? Uh, I think it was a heartbreaking weekend for you, if memory serves me correct. I mean, let's All not All around. Get, yeah. All around, yeah. Pretty can heartbreaking we talk about the weekend. elephant in the room? I mean, Kyle Crutchmer calling you out. Crutchmer, yeah. Calling... Uh, that was one of the worst... <laughs> I didn't want to be that guy, because, listen, you make your picks... 
But when I saw you picking Oliver Enkamp, with all due respect, against Kyle Crutchmer, wrestling... I wish you had pushed harder because uh, I, I was streaming that on my phone yeah. at the subway as I was waiting for a train, and it was just complete and utter domination. So now yeah. we've checked off the boxes of Ian Gary. I got to talk to him in person and be like, hey, you want me some money? That was, you know, that was pretty sick. And now... On the flip side, a guy that took my money, Kyle Crutchmer, yeah. calling me out on Twitter. So we're getting both ends of the spectrum there. So just for the record, if you make a pick and I think that you are completely off, like I, I if listen, you had that inside knowledge, I mean, you were like yeah. basically on Twitter, you were like this guy. I was is like, a moron. Yeah, like, I have no idea. I was why shocked he did by this. that. I shocked. I mean, yes. Kyle Crutchmer is a protege of Daniel Cormier. He's got a tremendous wrestling pedigree, and I just knew that. And can't, I mean, I mean, he looked every bit of it too. It had I mean, thirty every to twenty-seven t- written all over it. That fight, uh, you maybe could have even said thirty to yeah. twenty-six. I mean, every single time in camp got up, he just got slammed yes. right back to the ground. Yes. Yeah, yes. it was nothing but dominance from Crutchmer. So, how'd we do in uh, in Bellator? Uh, not not great. We lost okay. we lost a little bit. You know, we uh, we got the Pettis at the end of the night. The Pettis knockout was was unbelievable. I mean, yes. I was I was you had quite Pettis money line right. Pettis money line plus one sixty four. Yeah, see, this is the only win we got out of out of Bellator. Look at all those X's on this man. I've been I've been bumming it lately. Um, damn. Yeah, damn is right. But you know that's that's kind of the betting. Which game. was the one? I'm, I mean, Johnny. I'm, I took Johnny Eblen by decision. That was over within a matter of seconds. <laughs> like it was these 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 Bellator losses. Like they weren't. They weren't just losses. They were like in my face. Like wow, why did you take that? Uh, yeah, like. Which was the one that you had, you needed just 11 seconds? Was that for the parlay? Oh, God, yeah. That was on UFC, uh, Fiziev and oh, right, uh, Riddell. Right, right. I, needed, yes. I needed eight more seconds. Yeah, that was, that, that was when I knew it was not my weekend. We still had a winning weekend on the line going into that fight. If we got the over two and a half and we got Rob Font, obviously didn't get either of them, so we got a losing weekend. But, uh, yeah, you know, when you when you bet the over two and a half, you, you kind of start getting you know, a little anxious once you get into the third round, you, you know, especially once you get into that, as you're counting down the last 30 seconds of it, you definitely start, you know, getting real anxious. And when you, you know, get the spinning wheel kick knockout, you, yeah. it was, yeah, you just kind of got to slow that one. Um, and then parlays, yeah, we just go clean across the board 0 for 4, just a nice 0 for on, on parlays. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the game. Uh, finish it up with the full recap. We finished down 3.45 units. I mean, we've just, since uh, 267, you know, right before that Jan Blahovich fight, we were we were in cruise control. Ever since that Jan fight, I swear, that was like when the tides, tides turned. Now I can't, now it seems like I just can't find a winner. But we are still up overall since we started this song and dance mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. So, Plus uh, 3.39 units. units. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and we have 269, which is a massive one this weekend. I know you kind of you kind of get kicked while you're down and you and you're sort of like man we got to go at this another week but then we get the pay-per-view. The pay-per-view's always, you know, it feels like there's there's more tape, there's more information, they're more fun to bet. It's a bigger, bigger stage, yeah. you know. It 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 definitely gets you out of bed in the morning. For Are sure. you starting to lean a certain way, especially in that main event, man? I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't I don't know if I'm taking a side on that main event. I mean, Nothing. It, it could I, who's, I, who's the favorite right now? Poirier is the favorite. He's sitting at minus 160 last time I checked. I I like the over one and a half, um, man. But yeah, yeah, right. Like I mean, it's I almost want to just not touch it and just enjoy the fight because th- there is that extra stress when you bet on it. And with a fight like I mean, this thing, this could be an all timer if it if it turns out being great. Um, yeah, minus I see minus uh, according to DraftKings minus one sixty for Dustin Poirier plus one forty for Charles Oliveira. Tough. Yeah, to me, it's a pick 'em. 
I agree. Honestly, I mean, I totally any, agree with you. any result and any variation of that result wouldn't surprise me. Poirier via knockout, uh, Oliveira via knockout or TKO, Oliveira via sub, even freaking Poirier via sub. Uh, decision, decision. Like, I can see this fight going six different ways. You know what I mean? I mean, you could also ask 10 people what they think of the fight. Five of them could say yeah. Poirier. Five of them could say, you know, Oliveira. It's, it, it quite literally, to me, is a coin flip. I mean, it could be a dominant performance from one of them, but, oh, man, I just, I just have no idea. I, I could never talk myself into, like, loving a bet to, to place money down on it yeah. um, if I had to pick a side. Okay. Um, in the fight. Uh, but, you know, I had a bad weekend. I, you know, I've had a couple bad weekends uh, since, since the beginning of November, but not everybody did. Oh. We, have an all, we, we have another member of the Hall of Fame added oh. here, our man Adam Skillington from the great country of Ireland. 13 legs. <laughs> he picked every fight right. 13 legs. He picks every fight. He had, he had Asamat on there as well, but that one obviously got voided. This Wait, gonna, was this 13? Was this all 13 UFC fights? All 13 UFC. It goes oh 13 my. for 13. Money lines? Money line, all, wow. all of the money line. I mean, like, what what are you thinking? You're so deep into it when Clay Guida is going off. What are you yeah. thinking when he's up against the cage? Like, I think at one point it was 46 significant strikes to nothing. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how you wouldn't be freaking out because this thing cashed at plus 187,312. <sighs> he turns seven and a half euros into <laughs> over 14,000 what euros yep that's almost 16,000 US standard dollars that is nuts so this guy I mean, hit you up oh yeah yeah you believe him. him i mean he he had the ticket i mean he hit me up as the fight ended oh, he was God. like yo main event uh, yeah as soon as as soon as aldo ended he was like yo i'm in ireland i just hit this i'm literally sending this to you as <laughs> aldo is getting his hand raised like i cannot believe this happened uh, yeah, I mean, when you cash up plus 187,312, you, you get your face on the wall. So we got Adam added to the wall here now, uh, along with our man Tony. So Tony and Adam. Now, uh, he actually has his real photo up there. Yeah, we got the real photo. If I can, wow. uh, you know, I got some industrial Velcro. I like it. Kinda there it is. It off. There it is. You know, Shout out to Adam. The, you know, yeah, no, the this there, is <laughs> but there he is. By the way, you know? what is it like for you? This guy, I mean... 1 a.m. is probably it's probably like 6 a.m. over there when that main event ends on Saturday. Right. He just won fourteen thousand dollars. What do you do? Well, one of the first things he does is write to you. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's what awesome, an honor. dude. I mean, I, what an honor what, that that's is. Kind of what I like, you know. I mean, I said it to someone on Twitter this week. You know, I'm not I'm not like a gambling expert. I'm not the betting analyst guy. I'm a producer that gives out my my mm-hmm. betting picks, and I I think it's fun seeing other people cash these huge tickets. I think I think it's incredible. I mean. That's awesome. I also have some honorable mentions. Oh well, we get we got. I mean, everyone's just cashing here. My my man, eighty eight jewels, a twelve leg parlay plus six thousand six hundred. Uh, just like that, AK. He goes he goes perfect. He sends me three parlays. Uh, you know, almost plus two thousand, plus eight sixty seven, plus two forty nine. He cleaned up nicely, and then we do have yes the uh, very controversy yes uh, ridden <laughs> Anthony Pettis ticket on. Okay, here. I'm happy you brought this up. I mean, why people, is it controversial? All right, so people aren't wrong. So if you look at it, this is technically like yes. a bet slip. This is where you enter the amount of money and then you would hit place bet. Yes. So pe- what people want is a receipt. They want a ticket. They want like the completed cashed out ticket of like, oh wow, he really hit a plus one seventy five for ten thousand dollars. And you know, a lot of people asked for it, and you know, he didn't respond with one. So I, I can kind of see what they're coming from, but I'm gonna believe him. 
I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to say he put out 10K on Baby Bro, went crazy when the knockout happened. Like, because I mean, when I when it happened for me, I was stunned. I can imagine if you actually had 10K on it. And if he's lying, you know, it's really just a bummer for him. It's well, you know, he did. Did he actually say that he did this, or was I, he just sort of flaunting it? Because it could also be like, look what you would have won had you put in. He didn't. Correct me if I'm wrong. He didn't actually say, "I bet this and won this," right? So I don't think it's fair to say he lied. Right. So I didn't get caught up on the drama until uh, until he had put the bet slip out because I guess he said that he put ten thousand dollars on Sergio Pettis, and then once it happened. You know, everyone was like, yeah. show us the slip, show us the slip, show us the slip. And then he showed that, and, uh, you know, it was where you where you enter the money. Sure. Imagine um, he, you know, obviously he thinks his brother's going to win. Imagine before the fight, he goes on that site, he puts in the number, what would it, you know, what would I get if I put in, what was it, 10,000? Yeah. Puts it in, gets that number, screen grabs it, and is like, ha look what I would have won. But then actually didn't go through with it for whatever reason because ten thousand is ten thousand. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, that's I think that's what people are yeah. are accusing him. Yeah. Of. But I guess in his defense, I don't know. Like I don't know why you would screenshot like just if you're not going to place the bet. I don't He's know. proud I of guess, his bro. I guess, that, I guess that reason exactly. So listen, you know, if he hit it, that's younger brother. Give him a I'm, break. I'm going to believe that he yeah. that he cashed. It. I'm just gonna I'm going to be the optimist. I'm going to be the that uh, glass half full. And I'm going to say that he hit it. So me too. Shout out Anthony Pettis on the big hitters. I like it. Yeah, and then I have uh, one more exciting news here on on the MMA hour. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to shout out uh, our boy Jedi. Shout out to Jedi. He said he didn't want the shine. Yeah. Uh, He had a nice nice, uh, five-leg parlay, man. I mean, Jedi seems to do better than me. You might just have to start bringing him on. Throw me to the side here, man. Uh, But uh, I got a great idea from from one of our guys, Rolling Stoned, on Twitter. He said to do a a DraftKings league for Mm. the show so all the listeners, audience can... Can compete, so that's exactly what we're gonna do. Our our, our great friends over at DraftKings they they make it super easy to set up the league. They make it easy for you to join. Listen to that. Uh, so yeah, that's what I've done. I'll, I'll tweet the link out to it. People, you know, are are free to join if they want to. We'll we'll do a free to enter contest if you just want to you know get in the mix. And then if not, we'll do one dollar, two dollar, five dollar entries. Obviously, we're not getting any of it. Some goes to DraftKings, and then the rest will go to to whoever wins. But I think it'll be kind of fun. Make and up, so make the league is for how many cards, or is it just like indefinite? Yeah, it's just weekly. It's just weekly. every single week. Yeah, you just so that's them. where you'll put your picks? Nah, they're not. So it's fantasy. So this is like you pick your five guys type of thing? Yeah, so you pick six. Yeah, six. I've actually never done it before, so I'm, I'm curious to do so it. This myself. is completely opposite, but you'll be able to share who's in first, who's doing what. Sure, yeah. It's just a like, different level. Yeah, and someone's going to win money, and like the league tracks how you do sure. over the contest. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be fun. I DFS. DFS, that's exactly what it is, Daily Fantasy, but for uh, for MMA. So I actually feel like MMA is one of the the best sports to do Daily Fantasy because you got your little card, you pick your – it's six guys, not five. Why do you think it was five? I, I'm pretty positive it's six, yeah. You would know Obviously. better than I. Six guys and then you just – I mean, it's kind of like a parlay, but in the sense that you've got your little group of guys that you're rooting for. However, if your first guy loses, you're still in the mix because you can then go five and oh – you know, and win the whole damn thing, right? For the week. Right. And you get, you get points for significant strikes, knockouts, decisions. I like submissions, it. I like it. And uh, yeah, you get a salary cap, you get the draft. So I think it's fun. So shout out to, uh, to DraftKings for. Will that start this weekend? This weekend, man. I've already created the league. I'll, t- I'll tweet it out right after this. Wow. We could have gotten uh, a graphic right here with the. Well, the, you know, the URL is kind of complicated. Oh, it's not like a know. clean one. No, it's not clean at all. Okay. Um, so yeah, we'll just make it easy. You can just click right on it. And, and all right. Up. Okay. And then on Wednesday, we'll check back in. I mean, uh, looking at some of these odds, 
sounds like you don't have the cojones for the main event. I mean, I'm a little surprised. I, I don't think gonna, I do. I don't think I do. A little disappointing. I mean, some sort of, you know, I don't know, prop attached to it. I mean, we're going to have nothing. I said, I, said I like the over one and a half. Okay, all right, fine. Because then the, a perfect world, the over one and a half hits, and then you just get to relax and just watch the it's rest ch- of the Yeah, fight. that is true. You Hopefully sweat it out. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's right. Hopefully it's just a great five-round main event. Yeah. You're just chilling for the last three and a half rounds. Now, one, so one and a half would be a minute. Uh, sorry, a round and 225? Yeah, 220. No, not 220. Right, so seven and a half minutes. Seven and a half minutes. Right. But like 250 of the second round. 231. So when it's when the clock says say 229. I'm such an idiot. Yes, there's 60 seconds, not fucking 100 seconds. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, Jesus Christ. It's simple math, man. Yes. Calm down. It's Wait, so, so once it hits to 229? Correct. Have you ever seen a situation where someone like did that and it the fight ended at 230? Not personally for me, but I'm sure it's happened. I yeah. mean, we oh had 239 God. with the uh, physio. Uh, like, I mean, it's so stressful. It's it's stressful doing it. But uh, when it cashes, it's fun. Amanda Nunes is currently a minus 900 favorite against Juliana Pena, plus 600. Uh, Cody Garbrandt, by the way, a minus 155 favorite in his flyweight debut, looking uh, very Aldo Bantamweight debut-esque, very skinny. Yeah. I don't I don't love it, if I'm being honest. I really don't love it. I don't love kinda, Cody at 125. I've been kind of looking at yeah. Kai a little bit. Yeah, Kyle, I mean, plus 135, a natural flyweight. Mr. Sean O'Malley, a minus 310 against Julian Paiva. Uh, I think that's appropriate. The fact that Jeff Neal is still fighting is a little weird to me, but uh, currently a pick em, minus 110 apiece. Which is, that's, that's interesting to me. That's, Why? I mean, he got arrested. He, yeah. You know, it kind of makes you question the focus of, sure. of the training camp. Uh, Dan Ige, a, um, an underdog, plus 140 against Josh Emmett, minus 160. Long layoff for Josh, so it's interesting that he's the favorite in that one. Dominic Cruz and Pedro Munoz a pick him, minus 110 each. Ooh, that's going to be an interesting one if you uh, if you put a little action on that one. Augusta Sakai, a little favorite. Um, what else jumps out here? It is a, it's a fantastic card. It's like I was going freaking over it last night. 75 fights on this card. For yeah, guys. I think there's 15. I think 15 Jeez. fights. Hopefully we don't lose any. Yeah. Jillian Robertson, a big favorite, minus 400. Yeah, huge favorite. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the biggest favorite on the card other than Amanda Nunes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, that grappling game. Yep, 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 yep. All right, so we look forward to that. And uh, that's pretty – I mean, there's Cage Warriors. I don't know if you're not a big Cage Warriors guy on uh, – on the weekend as well, but let's it's get the train back on the track. Yeah, before we head over to the crazy, right? Gage Warriors territory. Yeah, I feel you on that. Uh, LFA as well. We still haven't uh, yeah. ventured into LFA territory, but uh, there's plenty. Eventually we will. Yeah, there's plenty for UFC 269. All right, and oh, by the way, I wanted to check. Uh, what are the odds on uh, on the new Jake Paul fight? I think I saw uh, something. Yeah, I think I saw like minus two twenty for Jake Paul. Jake, the favorite, huh? Jake, yeah, Jake's definitely the favorite. Feels appropriate, right? Right, I mean, I feel like if you were going to play Woodley, you'd want to play that KO prop if uh, yeah. if he's got the $500,000 incentive for it. Okay, well, that's for next week. All right, we'll check in on Wednesday. Yep. Thank Sounds you. good, man. There Thank he you. is, GC. <laughs> be honest, didn't think I'd make it this far, if I'm being honest. Whew, thank the podcast gods. I mean, I was sitting here a minute before the show, and uh, I was like, what are we going to do? But you know what? I looked to Virna Janjiroba. I looked to the hat. I put the hat on and I said, not today. And that's the same thing that the Buffalo Bills are about to say in the next few hours. Not today. Now, Lord have mercy on my Twitter uh, replies if they happen to lose because I just, I might shut Twitter down all the smack I've been talking. Uh, I just might delete it altogether. 
but uh, we'll think happy thoughts. And uh, I feel good that we made it this far. I'm going to count my blessings and I'm going to let you all know that we'll be back on Wednesday and we have a great, great, great lineup for Wednesday. I'm looking forward to that. But for now, Frank, you can hit my music. Rashad Evans back. How about that? By the way, uh, appreciate uh, John Kavanaugh for coming on and mentioning that Combate Global one-night tournament. That's going to be really interesting. I think that's on December 12th, a Sunday. So a lot more Sunday night action in combat sports. Uh, of course, we had that uh, Floyd Mayweather-Logan Paul fight back in June. We had Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley in August this past weekend. Um, oh, what's not happening? Oh, <laughs> Mike Heck just wrote, not happening. I was like, what's not happening? The Combate Global tournament not happening? No, he's a Patriots fan. And uh, yes, we have talked a lot. We have said a lot. And we're backing it up. They should have called upon me to talk to the players, to give them a little pep talk, to get them all fired up. But it seems like they don't need me. It feels, it feels in my heart like they are back on track. We've got my guy, Jonathan Feliciano, big time MMA fan coming back tonight. It's going to be great. Anyway. I digress. This is why they play the games. What was I talking about? Oh, Combate Global. Most importantly, uh, please do support that cause. All the best to Egan Coughlin and his team and his and his family and everyone involved. I can't imagine how they're feeling, how he's feeling. And uh, I just, uh, I really hope that they can get to that 74K and get him that surgery and, and hopefully improve his life in one way, shape, or form. I want to thank everyone who stopped by today. Clay Guida, thank you very much. Chris Curtis, Sergio Pettis, Felicia Spencer, uh, Sean O'Malley, John Cavanaugh, and Jake Paul. And of course, thanks to all of you. Thanks to the team in the back. Back on Wednesday, same time and place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THEMMAHOUR. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash MMA dot com. Yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.